Welcome everyone to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our podcast, taking some time out of your busy life to listen to us. And remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, share with your friends, whatever it takes to get the Chompcast name out there. We have a jam-packed show today as we edge closer and closer to Game of the Year. Um, the new Resident Evil 7 DLC dropped that I played. I'm excited to talk about that. Both the Not a Hero DLC and the End of Zoe. Um, and I played both of those, of course, in VR. Uh, Hollow Knight is something I played a little bit of as well. Uh, three of us uh, played Hellblade. So we're excited to have more of a roundtable discussion about Hellblade. And we have a fantastic listener email uh, about Hellblade and games in general as well. That we're going to read later on. Um, we have some more Breath of the Wild Zelda talk because Fish is still um, deep in the throes of Link's latest adventure. We have a really cool BioBreak article. Uh, of course, every week we do our traditional BioBreak article, and this one is about a virus that is killing chimpanzees. Uh, it's sad but very interesting. And uh, the topic of the show, uh, we will briefly run through the most exciting PSX announcements from the PlayStation conference that happened over this past weekend, uh, including finally some real Death Stranding gameplay details that I was able to unearth. <laughs> um, little Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, I finished Near Automata, uh, there's so much fucking shit to talk about. That's how you know it's game of the year, when I'm like almost out of breath going through all these fucking announcements. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be a lot of fun. And I promise with the PSX stuff, even if you're not a PlayStation fan or a PlayStation owner, we're going to make that discussion fun. Um, so it's, it's going to be a great show. Now, uh, let's get to some introductions, of course. Tradition, i got to introduce everyone here. I'm kind of keeping these, you know, Resident Evil-themed intros, I guess, this week. Um, and up first, from Texas... This is gonna be a this is a long and a tricky tricky one today. Um, from Texas, my my dear friend Fish is with us today, and he was telling me that um, after witnessing the effect of various Umbrella Corporation mutagens and viruses over the past decade of Resident Evil games, um, you know, seeing the effects they've created like giant alligators, huge wasps, and massive spiders, crazy shit like that. Fish actually, he contacted Umbrella uh, for a sample. He said, you know, hook a brother up, you know, I'm part of the chomp cast. Um, anyways, they sent him a healthy dose of one of those mutagens. And because he was thinking, well, you know, they have this gargantuan effect on, on everything. So what did, what did Fish do? He injected it directly into his twig and berries, um, hoping to transform the twig into a powerful branch and morph those berries into giant watermelons. Um, anyways, I was talking to him before the show, and it sounds like he didn't quite get the desired effect he was hoping for. But, oddly enough, I have noticed these giant crabs wandering around. Uh, it, it's Coincidence? I don't know. What's going on there, Fish? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what crabs you're talking about. Um... I did miss my penis. It's kind of hard to get it with a needle, you know. It was a little tough. You I might have, have missed it. Here, and... buddy. I mean, come on. <laughs> give, give yourself some credit here. No, I, I avoided little... saying penis. <laughs> go ahead. Go. <laughs> I, said, I avoided saying penis. I said twig and berries. I was keeping it clean for the kids. Oh, sorry. Just... Uh, sorry. Children, that's my twig and berries, actually. There you go. Yeah, there's yeah. your twig and berries. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're not taking responsibility for these crabs. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I might have missed my twig and berries and hit, you know, the pubic region. Mm, okay, no, have... so you're taking full responsibility. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's Larry and Jethro and... Do you name that them? Other, the other huh. crab. Well, they've that's... been... They're part of me. That's endearing. Of... I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, just, you just don't kill them, please. They're if, very weak to shotgun blasts. If you don't name a pet after you've had it for four or five years, then, I mean, it's just, it's just rude. What, then what do you, yeah, what are you yeah. doing with your life at that yeah. point, you know? Yeah. yeah, over well, the years we've developed a friendship and everything, uh-huh. so... I've often told people that, I mean, as, as, you know, some people might look down on having something like crabs, but... It, it's not every day you get to have a creature living on you. That's pretty cool. So, um, unfortunately, there are giant crabs when we're around fish. Although, I saw the solution. I remember when I was a kid, I was watching uh, Aqua Team Hunger Force. And Carl, Carl gave me the solution. You gotta you just hit him with the shampoo. So, that's all we gotta do, fish. You just gotta hit him with the shampoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's big that's going way back there. There's, yeah, there's gonna be like one person who yeah, saw Aqua like, Team go Hunger to, Force. Go to Sam's gonna... or something. You're gonna need a lot of shampoo at this point. Oh yeah, no, for for sure. Like, yeah, yeah is, I'm gonna get like Leon. Um, what's the guy from Resident Evil's name? Leon Kennedy. I'm gonna get Leon Kennedy on him with uh, some shampoo. Um, and for that one person out there that got the Octane Hunger Force reference, I love you. Anyway, Fish, we're glad you're here today, despite the um, uh, scourge you've released upon society. Um, we, <laughs> we just don't hurt him, please. Okay, all right, we'll see. Yeah, we love you. Um, up next, um, the one and only, my good friend from Japan. Um, <laughs> speaking of mutations, you might think our next co-host is a mutant, ladies, but no, he's not a mutant. It just feels like he has five tongues. <sighs> Shay Layton is here. How you doing, Shay? Good. It's unfortunate that I can't. Uh, I've been unable to use all five of them at once. In fact, mm. four of them just kind of hang to the side in my mouth. <laughs> One is always active. That's a... okay. That's how it works. Okay. It was like phantom tongues. You know, I actually had put that in my notes too. It was a make gross licking sound. So I'm just it's 4D okay. for the okay. listeners. It's 4D actually. <laughs> um, Four, hey, five, you know, I five smelling cheap. that tongues. Yeah. Smell, can you smell the tongue? <laughs> tongue smell? <laughs> I got that. That joke didn't fall on deaf ears. Ah, oh, damn it, I missed it. God damn it. I was making licking sounds, and I missed Josh's joke. <laughs> that's how you miss most things. <laughs> you that's exactly what I was going to say. That's usually how Aww. it goes. I told Josh for the last show, he left all these funny comments in the Skype chat, and we're like, next time, Josh, the new rule is you have to interrupt me or whatever it is. You have to say all of your deranged comments on the podcast. Um, hmm. That's a new rule. I, I have a better idea. Just yeah. next time, stop licking windows so you can hear it. Okay. Um, no promises. I'll do what I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm practicing those, those things you taught me, Shay. Uh, <laughs> Passed in my best <laughs> techniques. Um, uh, so, yeah, glad you are here, Shay. A resident biologist here to discuss... Uh, of course, our BioBreak article and much more, Hellblade and all sorts of good stuff. And last but surely not least, our good friend Josh. He's already chirped in a little bit here. Josh, I mean, you're not off the hook this week. I just couldn't. I was trying to think of like something mutant related, like try to say like your blood had been somehow replaced 
with like alcohol and you were a mutant and it was going to be like an alcoholic joke. Um, but it just, it wasn't coming together. So maybe you can help me flesh that out. Um, but I mean, for our listeners, like what percentage, what, what is your like blood alcohol content level at all times? Like, would you say? I don't think that's a useful statistic anymore. Um, I mean, just really it's, uh, yeah. More about the destruction you're causing on the earth on a, on a daily basis. Just look at the outward effects or. <sighs> What's what's wrong with the statistic? I just want to know how much alcohol is coursing through your veins at any point in time. I mean, very little, usually. I mean... Oh, okay. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. I have a very impressive liver. Um, Mm, Okay. So, mm -hmm. oh, so you have a super mutant liver. Mm -hmm. We can make a connection there. That works. Okay. It it earns its paycheck. Okay. So Josh has a mutant liver. Yeah. It's not mine. I actually... uh, I actually pay someone to uh to come in and we share blood for a while and I use their liver actually. Oh. Um for most of my <laughs> drinking seems... at this point. Okay. Oh, that's that's smart. So they're like a mm-hmm. like a it's like a decoy liver basically. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I just okay. hire that out. There's no reason for me to have any of these future effects. Just... What's that Pokémon move where you throw the decoy out? What what is that one called? Do you remember that uh, off the top of your head? Substitution. Yeah, there you go. You're or using substitute. a substitution. I don't remember the form of it, but it's, yeah. Substitute, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. You're doing like an alcoholic version of substitute. So uh-huh. I think that's commendable and wise. Um, glad you are here, Josh. I was going to say, is it, would that be called pubstitute? That's, that's not bad. Pubstitute? Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. Huh. I can't think of anything else more witty than that, so we'll just have to leave it. That's pubstitute. <laughs> um. Yeah, glad you're here, Josh. And of course, I am Morgan from Montana, our lovely host. And I am excited to talk about all sorts of crazy shit that we have to go down through today. Um, I was actually thinking about this because I was reading a little bit um, about the PSX, which is our topic of the show. And I, I don't know if it was directly related to PSX, but you know, Kojima, it's funny, last week we joked about the Death Stranding trailer. Kojima actually finally came out and gave some gameplay details like. Uh, the, the rain is called Timefall, and it's from, like, a, another realm, and Josh is... Josh, I can see Josh on the webcam. He's already got his head buried in his hands. Um, and so he made a reference to... There's there's some really cool stuff going on. We actually got gameplay details for Death Stranding, which is, is pretty badass, um, as all this PSX stuff was going down. So... Um, that that surprised me, but I was thinking about this for the show. I tweeted out, I was like, you know, I would give ten Death Strandings for one Silent Hills, uh, and I was because I was just thinking about that today as I got more and more sad about the fact that we're never gonna get Silent Hills. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Oh, you don't even know what's going on with Death Stranding though, as far as gameplay goes. That's true, but I do know what was going on with Silent Hills. And people are that, still talking yeah. about a two-hour two demo that, five that's years true. later. <laughs> yeah. But really, why why should we have to decide which one we want? Why couldn't we have gotten both? I'm greedy. Because fuck, Kon- fuck Konami. They destroyed all that's good in the world. Um, no, you're right. It's your true shit. We shouldn't have had to choose. That's that's the fucked up part. It shouldn't have come down to that. We should be able to get both. So uh, We you know. still can. Depending on how well Death Stranding does, uh, you know, Sony may... Give uh, Kojima more money to make another game and circle you know, back around. <laughs> yeah, make a That's Silent a really Hill. Point. Not then... just not call it Silent Hill. 
That's true. And then, you know, Kojima may come out on stage next year um, riding a three-horned unicorn, and it will have 27 sizable penises. You know, if it's a three-horned unicorn, I don't think it's a unicorn anymore. Tricorn, whatever you there want to call go. it. Tricorn. Yeah. 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 That sounds delicious. Yeah, tricorn. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just so many borrowed elements with Del Toro and then Norman Reedus, um, a.k.a. Enormous Reedus. Um, there's so many elements that he just borrowed straight from Silent Hills that just makes you think that this is where he's he's putting all those eggs in this basket. Anyways, on the PSX, excited to talk to you guys about it, what you saw. So in order to make this kind of more fun, I, I saw a lot of content out there, people organizing their lists, right? Best moments of PSX, blah, blah, blah. So, but I was trying to find someone that really knocked it down to the most interesting stuff, even to someone who's maybe a little bit on the outside. And Rolling Stone, believe it or not, RollingStone.com actually had a really cool top nine moments of the PlayStation experience. And they... I don't. It's not that they have to dumb things down, but they have to make things a little more exciting because Rolling Stone is not predominantly, obviously, a video game publication, right? Um, but they hit all the high points and saw everybody else, and uh, and I thought it was, a, it was a good starting place. So I just wanted to give them credit for this article. And, just, and I see Josh kind of shaking his head there. See, this is this is terrible. Now when I say things, I have to see Josh shake his head all the time. When I couldn't mm. see Josh, I thought that he was just happily agreeing with me. And now I know that he's always... I've never agreed saying. with you. That's true. That's mm-hmm. the beauty of our relationship, Josh. If we agree with each other, it wouldn't be any fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so first up, um, the, the one thing that was pretty interesting, I don't know if you guys saw this. By the way, something you guys want to jump in when I start hitting these topics, jump in, interrupt me, whatever it takes. Um, I'll leave a little pause in there, too, if there's something you guys want to talk about. Um, the first thing I thought was interesting was that Detroit... Yeah, so for breakfast this demo. morning, I had some oatmeal, and um, I had some peanut butter with the oatmeal and some honey. Well, you know what's better than that? You know what's better than that? You, you toast. Everything? Good toast, but like with peanut butter and honey on it instead of the instead of the oatmeal. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I love that's pancakes go, really. with, with bananas in them and chocolate chip. Ah, oh, that's just not yeah. necessary. Bananas. That's just yeah, not necessary. Yeah. Just have Take it on the side. Chocolate chips. Yeah. Man. It's already a I pancake. Like it all stuffed into one. Like, you like you know those KFC like bowls back in the day where they would just like shove all your food into one dish. That's how I like my pancakes. I just like it all shoved mm. into so one a, big pancake. Yeah, a pancake KFC bowl. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like a yeah. KFC should do a breakfast actually. Yeah. Just a big some mash sort of, a, of yeah like a McGriddle banana. bowl. <laughs> A McGriddable? Ugh. Yeah. I, I don't like to think of just McDonald's. Like a, how about just grits in a bowl? Yuck. Man, you're with lame. fried chicken. That works. <laughs> oh, with fried, <laughs> fried chicken? Mm. <laughs> you, you, you lost me until you threw the fried chicken in there, and then I was like, maybe. <laughs> you're pulling me back. <laughs> it's not, but if it, you know. Anyways, yeah, okay. Great job, Shay. Thank you for that. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So the um, yeah, anything else you guys want? Chime in anytime, please. Uh, I encourage it. Uh, so the Detroit two you know, human sex demo. is pretty fun. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> really I've heard is. that. I I wish I've I've yet Tantric to experience sex? that that you know that type of uh, he's saving activity. Himself. Shay's saving yeah. himself. For the right man or woman, really. I don't judge. Love no, is love, right. baby. Love is love. 
Baby? Man, you're waiting for really? real love. You're gonna call me that. <laughs> uh, how do you know it was directed at you? There's four of us here. All of us could have really been the baby. Yeah, I could have directed it at myself. That's well. That's too much. I'd like to hmm. think you weren't directing a baby at yourself. Yeah, oh, that's, that's uh, I'm yeah. narcissistic. <laughs> no wonder I you love myself above all others. <laughs> you call yourself baby. That's why you're not getting laid, brother. Oh god, this one got a dark hole. That'd be a weird date, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. hey, how you doing, baby? Uh, please don't call me that. Um, excuse me, I was calling myself that. How presumptuous of you. <laughs> I just, I just like to, yeah, you like to perk yourself up a little bit. No, you love yourself. You, you yeah, know. yeah, yeah. I don't know that. All right, uh, let me try this one more time. Yeah, the formula is taking it a bit too far, though. I mean, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the binky oversells it. Oh God! What has happened? <laughs> uh, can the binky ever undersell it? Okay, so too human. I don't even know. I didn't know what I was going to say about too human anymore. Oh yeah. So the interesting thing about too human was not the footage that they released, although there's a lot of it out there. It was that you know this is the new game from Quantic Dream. They made Heavy Rain. And they actually, because it's a very choice-heavy game, the interesting thing that they did was that they had the audience help make the decisions in the game, which was causing some stir. I saw on Twitter some people complaining, like, this is gross. They had the whole audience screaming, execute. Oh, my God. That's kind of gross. Because, you know, that's the society we live in where people want to complain about everything. They were just trying to get the audience involved and have fun. And they, the audience had a choice at the end to do something, and they were all like, execute, execute. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the two human demo. It was, uh, interesting. It was a crowd participation thing, um, which seemed kind of like a cool idea. Um, uh, one thing I, s- go ahead, Josh, is something you want to add? That, that, that sounds like all of gaming in one room described uh-huh. perfectly right there. Just, you know, right there. a quick time event and Execute. a bunch of losers you know, yelling whoa, about killing whoa, something. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Come mm-hmm. on, Josh. <laughs> We're all losers here. We're not equal opportunity losers. Um, yeah. No, it's, that's, it, that's a fair point, Josh. I wasn't trying to say. Um, but there's an interesting part where it says that uh, together they saved a fish, um, which I thought was funny. There's one point where I guess a fish jumped out of the fish tank, and the whole audience was freaking out. They're like, get the fish back in the tank. There's a lot of cute stuff like that happened. Um, yeah. Can't let a fish die on your watch. Yeah. I think it will die. As much as you try, you can't let a fish die on your watch. (laughs) Yeah. Don't let a fish die. I've been trying to let fish die for God knows how long. They haven't been doing a very good job at it, so. You know what's really interesting about that, actually, is that they were talking about how um, they said, and you kind of alluded to this, Morgan, is that they said literally every choice you make will have a consequence or a subsequent action to that, so... Um, when I was reading the article about this, uh, about that exact sequence, they had warned that basically, yeah, because we put that fish back in, there will be eventually a consequence to that, which they didn't show. From my understanding, they didn't show in the clip, but like literally everything has a consequence in that game. And if that if that lives up to that, that's gonna live up to that hype yeah. that Fable, the very first Fable made all the way back in two thousand. Uh, to 2003 that hype that that game had well, had because of that yeah will finally yeah. be lived up to 15 years later in a different game 
Yeah, but even then, Fable was trying to doing it in a, almost a more grand fashion of saying you're in this open world adventure game and everything you do is going to have consequences. And obviously, that didn't quite pan out. But that's true. That would be cool if they can live up to that promise. Like, if you don't put the fish back in the fish tank and there's a big shootout or something, does the guy trip on the fish? <laughs> does he slip on the fish? And then, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to imagine how that affects anything. It's just, but time will tell. Yeah. Can't know until you play the game. It's it, that game is popular to hate on right now, but I think it looks really, really cool, um, personally. So, <sighs> let's see here. Um, there was a small little blip. They mentioned you can, you're probably going to be able to change your PlayStation name soon, which is something people have been really excited about. Um, not personally that exciting to me. Um, oh, your network um, settings for shared devices or something. It's uh you know everyone hates their their place there. My PlayStation name is still stuck as like Morgan SPT, which was our old podcast name. And I oh oh, oh, they, oh the username. I thought you meant like yeah 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 device sorry, name. Sorry. Okay. Um, yeah. So people yeah. are clamoring for that. You always change your device name. I think. As um, far as I'm aware. Yeah, fish but, is yeah. yours. Is yours still Vape God sixty nine? Can't uh, remember. No. <laughs> okay, I'm just just it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, he changed that to he's Vape Lord sixty nine two years ago. Oh, oh yeah. No, no. And then he's he has since yeah. changed it to Bada Bing Bada Boom. And the boom has two zeros mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Well that that's Damn, what I want to change edgy. it to. Boom with two zeros. That's, that's what he wants to change when they it. fix it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bada bing bada boom. Yeah. But boom with two zeros. Edgy. Ho- hopefully no none, none of these listeners take it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah and we kind of pissed. fucked up there. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. be mad. Yeah, at we Shay. really shouldn't let Shay people know. God yeah. damn it, Shay! Edit it out. Yeah. Yeah, the two zeros, zeros are actually for the two zeros in the Pizza Bros. Yeah, that's true. Oh, ow, that hurt. Hey, he could have meant the other two. You could have been, you could have been the hero. The other two are the zeros. Just two of them. One of them's a. A stand-up guy. You don't know who the two zeros are. Uh, so okay. I mean, statistically, okay. one of them's you, but you know, you know, we'll just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I like my odds, Josh. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Thirty-three point three percent. Ooh. Oh man, you can tell this is a delay. Okay, so um, I, I want to give Shay a little bit uh, to. Well, there's not a lot to talk about yet, but I know Shay was really excited because they announced a new medieval game, um, which is very random and strange because Shay has always been harking on. He, he's been trying to get us to. He did a medieval let's play back in the day, which has been erased from existence. But um, he's a big yeah. fan of the. the well, classic it was before the printing, before the printing press. It's it's really hard okay. to find the. Uh, yeah. His original play, let's, let's play? plays okay. at this point. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> you can it's true. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you saying that somebody sketched his gameplay and put it into a book? It was handed then... down for generations. Okay. Uh-huh. And as he progressed through the game, he continued to draw. His... <laughs> so it's it's a okay. I uh-huh. like it. Yeah, it's a medieval a book about flipbook. A... A yeah. let's play book. Yeah, I like it's, it. yeah, it's, it's actually, really impressive. It medieval, actually, it's medieval flip book. Yeah, yeah, a medieval, it's actually, medieval. It's really book. impressive that what they could do with the technology at that time. I mean, you just you get, yeah. you know, about a book for a minute or so, and there's actually you know just a bard accompaniment that goes along mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Wow. Quite impressive. Fish, uh, thank you, Fish. You're asking the good questions today. So. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I actually, I didn't watch anything on the PSX, but I feel like I'm right in here. Yeah, well, I, I was going to hang in with you guys you to sell yourself out like that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I guess I we're editing that out of the thing. show too. Uh, I got to be honest. What is you know, the PSX? The, the P- <laughs> I think it's a workout program. The P90 PSX. I think that's what it well, is. It's like a the, the issue with that thing. is that some idiot at Sony decided, hey. Let's have this PlayStation Experience thing. And you know what? We can abbreviate that as PSX, which is the name of a 14-year-old console we've got. That way, when people try Mm. to search for it, they'll never find our new information. It's like four pages in. (laughs) That's actually exactly, that's the exact experience I had. Looking, trying to look up this information. Eventually, you'll find someone who tells you that it's called PlayStation Experience and you can change uh-huh. your search result, your, your, you know, your search terms. But yeah, it was a dumb, dumb idea to call it the PSX. Yeah, it's, been, it's sort of a hidden conference too. Like it wasn't really that exciting. And also kind of dumb that they put it two days after the Game Awards because all the exciting announcements were pretty much done. I remember there was one PlayStation Experience, I want to say it was last year, where they announced the Last of Us 2 trailer and that was like a big fucking deal. But there was nothing. Exciting mm-hmm. at this one. Like I said, a couple small things. Like uh, Sucker Punch was talking a little bit about their Ghost of Tushima game, which is kind of cool. Sucker Punch of um, uh, Thievius Raccoonus, like Cooper fame, is making sort of a an ancient Japanese action game sort of thing. It looks like we don't know a lot about it, but that idea sounds cool. There was some bunch mm-hmm. of fucking panels, Uncharted panels. There was some little more God of War footage. Overall, though, other than the stuff we already mentioned, it was not really that exciting, uh, in my opinion. Are you kidding me? I mean, The Last Guardian 2 coming to VR, the best game to PlayStation 4 to date, did not excite you? The Last Guardian 2? What are you talking about? The Last Guardian is coming to VR, baby. I, th- I, th- no, I think it's just a it's, demo. To, to, it is in VR already. Yeah, it's, I played it. I played it. <laughs> it, it yeah. It's actually a 15-minute little It's like Nintendogs. Yeah, it's like, it's like Nintendogs, but with The Last Guardian. Huh. Wait, is that all you do is pet it in VR? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just like the real game. And, and tri- it's 15 minutes Trico of pulling spears out of that cat's ass. Dude, but that would be so you can actually, just pull yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I was putting that the spears in awesome. the ass. Yeah. So, you know, oh, God. You, <laughs> damn you're it. bastard. I, I knew I was doing something wrong. Um, I, 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 I just Trico was... kept killing me. <laughs> it... <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense now. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't really that exciting. I played it for like 10 minutes and got bored. It, like, I didn't think it looked that great, and it was like Nintendogs, and then I walked over, I picked up a little pot of that blue shit, I threw it out there. Trico. I feel like if you're like all about Trico, I know there's like Trico people out there that just think he's the cutest, greatest thing ever, and I, re- I respect those people. I never had that effect. Uh, Don't Trico, you own cats? I have six animals, Josh. Three cats, three dogs. Yeah, I just I don't feel like you're the person to judge here. That I don't think Trico's cute. I'm the ultimate person to judge. I would I, be like, I guess, I guess, he's, yeah. He's if you'll not put up uncute, with, with just, all that mess yeah. and still don't like Trico, then he's fine. Yeah, yeah. he's fine. And he, he moves really slowly. And I, I don't know. It's it just didn't do much for me. But I've heard people out there. I was reading some people saying that they were like, "This is like a dream come true and all this shit." Anyways, um, no shade. Answer your question. It was not 
that exciting. There was that tactical first-person shooter that got announced. Um, fire that looks cool. Wall Zero Hour or something like that. Yeah, it's like a Rainbow Siege. <laughs> I know the name is awful. Rainbow it's Six. Like- Rainbow Six. Well, yeah, it just looks cool for the fact that it's going to be put on VR, like I was messaging you guys about, I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Um, that is just cool that VR is actually getting a tack shooter. It just gives a little bit more viability to the he- that headset. And hopefully um, there there are more, um, I guess, big-name big titles that are going to be coming to the VR headset. I mean, obviously yeah. Skyrim mm-hmm. has recently come to it, and that's great. But Skyrim is, you know, it's six year old game, a billion years so old. It's know? good to see that some new content, yeah, some and, new content is actually being and, put out for it. Yeah, the PSVR sold two million units because of Black Friday, and I have friends of the show that I trust have said that Skyrim they they broke down and got Skyrim on it, and they both love it. So um, yeah, that's surprising. I need to go play that at that uh, video game cafe that I played Resident Evil 7 VR at. Definitely yeah. need to do that. Camp out there and just, yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, I want to, let's just, I want to talk real briefly about Medieval and then we can move on cause, unless there's something else you guys want to talk about because that's all that I think is worth really mentioning. It was a big event, so I'm, I'm glad we brought it up, but I mean, it was kind of a, kind of lackluster i guess as far as really exciting shit goes but i mean shay's been kind of lucky they remastered crash bandicoot um they now they're remastering medieval it's like they're just digging up all of his playstation one fantasies what's next spyro is that is that next on the docket true dude spyro would be sick or um skull monkeys I actually never played Skull Monkey, sadly. And I kind of regret that (laughs) are you making shit up again fish (laughs) is that a real game skull oh that's a real game We'll Look it up. It. It's yeah, Skull it's, Monkeys is a real game. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's clay animation. Oh yeah, that does vaguely yeah. sound familiar. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. I I really wish they would remake um, Tomba. That game was hard as shit, but fun. Mm. Uh, you played as like a pink-haired troll. <laughs> yeah, you know the, uh, but anyways, they really need to remake oh. is uh, oh, no. Metal Gear Solid VR missions. But in VR, <laughs> that would be rad. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think that was a joke. I yeah. think he's being serious. <laughs> like I would play the shit out of that. That would be that, that would really be cool. good. Sorry, Fish, you're yeah. not going to remake Skull Monkeys because uh, according to IGN, it is only a six out of ten. So I'm sorry. Doesn't Aww, IGN rate almost everything a six out of ten or six point five out of ten? That was the opposite. Everything was a nine out of ten. I don't, I don't, hmm. No, I'm not Nowadays. shit on them. I don't. Yeah. Everything's great now. Yeah, but anyways. anyways. Sorry, anyways, Medieval. Medieval. Yes. yes. Yeah, no, I'm really, really, really excited for that game. It's an awesome game. I went, like I said last year, I went back and played it for that Let's Play segment that I was doing, and that game's humor holds mm-hmm. up so well. The controls okay. were absolutely outdated, and that's okay. Um, so hopefully they kind of fine-tune the controls a little bit on this remake, this remaster. But, yeah, the yeah. controllers mm-hmm. are great. The The art style is awesome. It's like a very yeah, uh, polygonal... Po- polygonal? Polygonal? Yeah, polygonal yeah, yeah. Um, Tim Burton-esque style adventure. Action. I was worried that Action. I said, like, polygamy or something polygamy. like that. Oh, so yeah. That's a game I mean, I'm interested in. <laughs> Skeleton polygamy? That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a game right there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skeleton polygamy and would skeleton be the name bone. for the next episode. Just all those jumping bones. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> Hey! <clears throat> yeah, but no, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a really good game. I actually hope that they do the first one and the second one together. I doubt they will, but that would be awesome. Because I actually never played the second one. And I've always wanted to. Hmm. So hmm. I think I played more of the cool second one than the original. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. It's weird to me that we're living in an age where that has been remade before Tomb Raider. Um, but you know, tweet, you know, whatever. We'll get to it eventually, hopefully. The, well, yeah, they 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 just went ahead and completely rebooted it because there was no saving the original Tomb Raider. I'm sorry, it's in the cut to my say throat. anything bad about Tomb Raider uh, on the off chance that Nathan McCree is like, oh, I wonder how those Sword Chomp boys are doing. <laughs> Let's do yeah. it. I'm not going No, actually, the, the original Tomb Raider is probably one of my favorites as far as that goes. But, you know. Mm -hmm. Hear that? Josh said it. The that doesn't Tomb go Raider. very far. One of his favorite games you know, ever. Two, All maybe right. three inches. Any chance to bash Morgan and his never-ending spouting <laughs> of love for Tomb Raider? I, I just don't it really has more to do it. with that than anything else. It just seems like something <laughs> exactly. they can remake. You know? They're going to remake Crash Bandicoot. Fuck it, do Tomb Raider. Anyways, um, that was PSX in a nutshell for us. So... Let's move on to brighter thing. Well, this isn't a brighter thing. This is a sad, dreary thing. Uh, and that thing is called Hellblade. So Hellblade is interesting. Uh, me and Josh and Shay have played I, a lot of Hellblade. Josh, did you finish Hellblade already or no? Yeah, yeah, okay. several months ago when it came out. So I'm about four hours in. Um, Shay, I'm assuming you're about the same-ish? Um, I actually think I'm probably a little bit less further than you. I just beat the first two gods in that game. And I, um, I got to the point where um, yep. you learn about the the thing that is driving the main character, Senua. Senua. Uh, mm -hmm. You learn about like kind of the fate of what's driving her in the okay. story. She so beat Wednesday deal. and Thursday. I don't get that joke. Don't worry about it. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get Adam's the family. Not quite. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. The only thing better than us not getting it is fist jumping in there all confident. Adam's family? And Josh being like, no. <laughs> he tried. Wait, you got, was there a Thursday in Adam's family? No, just Wednesday. No, it's, that was Wednesday Junior was Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't it be like senior? Let's move on. God damn it. You're <laughs> Junior would be Tuesday. I'm just saying. If this would is it, up closer to Tuesday. Would it? <laughs> if it's now Wednesday, would Tuesday be Junior? Maybe. <laughs> You're breaking his uh, brain, Josh. Stop it. In my world, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. We've, we've established Wednesday Junior is Tuesday. Um, <laughs> glad we got some difficult questions have been answered. And Wednesday senior is Thursday. So just getting it straight. And this now. this game won some awards at the uh, at the Game Awards, um, best performance, and of course, uh, games for impact. Because the interesting thing about Hellblade is that it deals with mental illness. Now it's not as like I suffer from a severe anxiety disorder, but um, so I find I find mental illness very interesting. But the mental illness in this game is a little different. It's more of an extreme. 
Um, it feels like almost, I haven't got to the big twist yet, but it almost feels like it's like a big sense of loss kind of a thing. Um, and she's like hearing voices in her head and stuff. But that's the big yeah. thing about the game is she's dealing with mental illness. So as you control this character, she's alone on this journey. You, the audio design is very much like you're hearing voices in your head and they are, you know, um, like talking shit on you or second guessing you or sometimes I guess even inspiring you. She's like hearing all the voices in your head. And they had someone, like they actually had a uh, behavioral specialist um, come in and like work with them to try and nail a lot of these things um, in the game, uh, which is really interesting. And there's a lot, there's a whole thing you can watch on the game as well um, on the main menu, which is really cool, like a special features kind of thing. So the story behind the game is really interesting. And the concept of the game is really cool. This is Ninja Theory. Um, we're best known for, I believe it was a he- heavenly sword and, and stuff like that. So they, uh, but they tried to do something different this time. They were like, let's make a shorter game with a very distinct kind of purpose. It's very weird. It's only about eight hours along, eight, eight hours long or so from what I've been reading. It you know, sold it for only 30 bucks. Um, it's strongly puzzle oriented. It's a, it's a very unique kind of game for them and it has been making some waves. So now that I set the whole thing up, what do you guys actually think about the game? Um, Josh, I'll throw it to you first. You finished it. How did you feel about Hellblade? It is really good. Really good. Um, I mentioned this before when we briefly talked about it whenever I played it when it, back when it came out. Um, uh-huh. But the sound design of of the game is it's basically the best I, I think I've ever yes. played. It's it's amazing. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. The main character is, I mean, as you were mentioning before, suffering from very severe psychosis because of you know a personal tragedy. Um, yeah. And instead of just telling you that this person is suffering from this. Basically, they're they're putting you in her head. Um, Mm -hmm. And the entire time you're playing, you hear voices um, telling you what to do, where to go, other bits of information, other just just constantly talking to you, constantly talking to you. Um, Even little things, like you'll solve a puzzle, and they're like, she did it. How the fuck did mm -hmm. she do it? I can't believe it. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. which it it makes it it's one of the games that you you really should play it with headphones just to put those voices in your head the way they're really designed to be because um the way they the way they did the sound was specifically for headphones um they're they even all, tell you at the beginning they're like mm-hmm. wear headphones when you play this game yeah 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 cuz cuz yeah. with those on they're all they're all put in space around you mhm which really yeah. messes with you because you're, you'll be doing something and there'll just be someone right over your shoulder telling you things, telling you what to do, which is, I mean, at this point, kind of a game trope. You, a lot of times you're just doing what somebody tells you. I mean, that was kind of the whole conceit of Bioshock and countless other Would games before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just, how are we going to get people to do what we want them to do. Oh, we'll just tell them. Um, mm-hmm. But in this game, the whole purpose of that is that the voices in the main character's head are telling you what to do. So you just yeah, go there's do not, it. There's not like on-screen indicators, really. There's not a lot of tutorial. It's literally just mm-hmm. now that you mention it, Josh, that's a good point. There's not like arrows pointing you where to, where to go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that gives you 
it's it's such such a good feeling as far as it's unique con- yeah. conveying conveying you know the, the actual feelings of the main character um and giving you direction so. mm-hmm. yeah 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 um yeah i i loved the game it's got a few kind of pressure points that people were complaining about with the combat being um it can get fairly hard because it's automatically adjusted difficulty so if you're doing really well it'll get really hard so it'll yeah. it'll get to the point where you're going to die um you're just it's it's eventually going to get hard enough if you're starting to do better and better so it's it's made for you to die and it's also made to be stressful when you die because mm-hmm. of um just just the way the game's set up it's it's meant to stress you out in certain places um and they do a really good job with that but i've i've heard people complain about that and i i mean i get it but i also i feel like it it needed to happen sort of a thing um i don't i don't see how it would have been the same game without it um yeah. so yeah, that's a good starting point. What about you, Shay? Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with pretty much everything you said. Both of you guys have said so far. Um, I actually asked Josh about this earlier this week. One one thing that kind of reminded me of is like when you're doing the exploration parts of the game, it reminds me of a, like an adventure game, sort of like The Last Guardian, where you are solving these various. Um, puzzles that are taking place in the environment to advance and it feels very natural Mm -hmm. um, the exploration and the flow of the game and it breaks up those kind of slow monotonous areas that and i say that kind of slightly with a grain of salt by infusing these little areas where you learn about the lore of of this time and what's going on in this world so her um her friend, what's his what's his name? Um, Druth or Druth Druth Druth? I can't pronounce his name. Um, he he kind of fills both the player and Senua in on the lore of this game and what's going on. And it's really it's actually really fascinating. This game is so lore driven because of what you're doing in the game. You're fighting gods and you're learning about uh, basically how the gods came to be in accordance with this scenario, this world, this scenario. And to me, I love learning about that. And I actually had to turn the subtitles on because despite how brilliant the sound or the, uh, yeah, the sound design is I actually didn't, I hadn't been playing with my headphones, which I'm going to actually change that going forward. And I was having a hard time sometimes hearing through the whispers and Druff talking and then Senua maybe talking at mm-hmm. the same time. All this stuff is going on and I couldn't pick out the voices through the TV, so I had to turn the subtitles on, but um yeah, mm-hmm. it's like just the lore in that game is awesome. Um another another yeah aspect of the game I think is really brilliant and I I just noticed it um this morning right before we started podcasting was um the lighting in the game is awesome because like you'll go from one area and it's very vibrant and bright and it it takes a little while to notice it. And that's why I said this morning, at least for me, it will it will dim in the areas where you start getting into the puzzles or in the harder areas. And then obviously it gets very, very dark when you're fighting an enemy. I mean, that's that's a given, but just how subtle the lighting was and it took me a while to notice it just because it's done so effortlessly. 
was just yeah for me it's one of the few times i've ever noticed that in a game is just the lighting was on point and um yeah i don't i don't know if you guys noticed that at all but yeah it was really good lighting a lot of subtle <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, they're doing a lot of smart things like that. I, I don't know if I like the game yet. Uh, I'm not. I'm only like three or four hours in, like I mentioned, and I love the concept. I love the character, the performance. I totally see what people are talking about. Like that, her eyes. Like I, I just love her eyes. Yes. I could stare at them all mm. day. Um, yes. I don't mean that in a creepy yeah, way either, she's, but she's just so very lifelike. expressive. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the production values are nonstop, but like they're the girl that they picked for that is just perfect she just feels very like wide-eyed and alone and sad but also just determined you get all of those things conveyed with no talking there's no speech that i've seen so far um uh, well maybe god i don't remember has there been speech uh my point is just talks she talks when she's fighting the gods like right when she gets to that point where you've solved all the puzzles and you have to fight one of the gods she briefly yells something at that god and that's really the only, and you don't see her mouth yeah. technically move, so you don't know if it's in her head or if she's yelling it out loud, which I also liked. But she is <laughs> that, saying that's something. with you, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, my point, yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. And my point there was just basically that they're conveying a lot with, with her eyes. And I know I've just rambled on about her eyes for a whole two or three minutes, but that's one of the weird yeah. things that I picked up on. But, uh... I don't really like the gameplay itself, not the combat. The combat seems fine, even though I'm sick of fighting the same shit over and over again. I, the simplicity of the combat is fine because it's very visceral. I don't mind that. I just sick of fighting the same thing over and over and over again so far. And hopefully that changes. I'm assuming there's yeah. going to be some cool boss fights or something. Yeah, um, they they have a few boss fights, and I think eventually you have three or four enemy types. Um. That um, okay. I'm yeah, trying to remember if any of the bosses. Three. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if any of the bosses. Okay, you must be farther than ever become. I think I think you get eventually as you go on in the game. Some of the bosses just become normal enemies, type of a thing. Um, oh, that okay. okay. Yeah, they'll. That's true. Yeah. That's true. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm definitely going to stick with it, but um, that's just something I've noticed so far. And then I don't like the puzzles. I mean, like, the, the, the really? thing with the puzzle gameplays, they're they're fine. Like, they're... Yeah, you're sort of... You're basically, like, you're looking for a shape in the environment, and you're adjusting the environment at times to find the shape or pattern. And they mess with your head in some ways where you'll have to, like... You'll be oh, when I look through this doorway, I can see stairs, but when I step to the right of it, there's no stairs. So, like, I better step inside of it while I can see the stairway so that it's... They do some things that try to utilize that. But, like, in I'm not a big puzzle gamer as it is, you guys know. But, like, when I think of puzzle games that really connected with me, like, Inside, or even a game like Zelda. Like, I love the little puzzles in Zelda. Um, I'm not like hard into ever loving that. The puzzles in, in this game just don't do anything for me. I just... They're, I find them tedious. Every time I walk in an area and I have to do a puzzle, I actually groan. I, do, I hate them. I just hate them. That's um, a shame because I feel actually the polar opposite, um, especially with you describing that second one. You're fighting um, – well, I guess it depends on the sequence of events. You're fighting that god of illusion, and you're going through these like various little doorways to um, either make a part of the environment appear or disappear. I thought that was brilliant. Actually, because it's it's so that a during simple... the fight? No, 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 no. This is leading okay. up to leading up to get it, to that yeah. god. But it's just like you are. It's such a simple concept, and they executed it really well. 
and it just builds it builds that suspense for me like it was a simple puzzle but it added to that psychosis and that stress um and i liked it because like i even felt stressed at times i was like damn it like i'm not figuring out this part of the puzzle and why why is this so difficult and then i would start getting stressed out and then i would start looking around and being illogical about things and then i would you know just relax mm-hmm. for a minute maybe put it on pause for a minute check my phone really quick answer a quick message and then i turn it back on and i'm like okay i'm a lot more calm now okay maybe if i do this oh okay yeah that makes more sense and then i would solve you know, the puzzle that way uh, it's just i don't think like, senua had a phone I to check like, when she was getting frustrated i mean I think well, you're kind of, you're, you not, you're <laughs> kind of cheating there. No, I see your point. You're How saying am I you kind cheating? of give yourself a little break. Well, I'm I'm just messing with you. My point is that you. you're feeling stress. Fuck you're you. Fe- I don't know if I want to feel stress. Like, fuck you. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to feel stress? Ah, uh, that's good. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's, yeah, I probably shouldn't pause my phone. But, like, I was definitely feeling stressed. I really no, was. I actually, one, one of the main ways I can tell personally when I'm stressed, I don't know if, like, you guys have ever noticed this, or any of our listeners? I grind my teeth. That is like uh, my main thing. Yeah, I know, we when, I know when I'm stressed. <laughs> what? I was just messing with you. I said we edit out. We edit out your grinding teeth. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I grind my teeth, and I was like playing one of these puzzles, and I was like, man, I'm not figuring this out. And I noticed I was grinding my teeth, and I was like, shit, this game's actually really stressing me out. And then it was like. It wasn't that level of stress you feel that, like, why am I stressing myself out when I'm playing this game? I was like, oh, I'm immersing myself in this game. I, I welcome that stress because I am I am empathizing with this character and this mm-hmm. world. And this game was doing exactly what it set out to do, is to place you in this person's shoes. And it did it really well. And I, I welcomed that stress. It's not real stress. But it is a psychological I got like game. A, that's what it wants. It wants you to be stressed out because that's what you yourself want to be stressed out. That's why you play the game. And that's fair. That's why when I tell people, like, I love Resident Evil, but it gives me anxiety. But I still tell them it's the kind of anxiety that I enjoy. So I get that. I mean, we might not want the same feeling of stress, but I get, like, in like wanting to feel something from a game like that. So I totally, I think your point is valid. But I actually got, like, a weird Valhalla, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Valhalla Rising. I got a weird Valhalla Rising vibe from this game when I first started it, uh, which is a Nicholas Winding Refn film, where she first, like, boats in in that area and she's by herself i just love that scene too where she just like i don't know why that's the way I fe- it sounds so dumb but when she first boats in yeah after the opening like monologue thing and she just kicks the boat away as if to say yeah there's no turning back motherfucker and she just kicks her little canoe back into the water and just leaves i was like god damn she's on a fucking Dude, that that beginning sequence was one of i know i know fish loves i remember this from back in the day fish loves the beginning of bioshock and to me this game, the, like the intro to this game, was almost on par with that level of Bioshock. Just whoa, because, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa! For me personally, because I booted it up, and I was like, "It's like there's something fucking wrong with my TV because it's just like I thought it was frozen, and it's just like this fog, and you see this like silhouette of a character, and it's just stuck there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the voice chimes in, and then it starts moving closer to you, and <clears throat> even in that sequence just the way she's telling the story it reminded me of 
and I know Morgan, you'll hate this. It reminded me of Galadriel from Lord of the Rings for some reason, but she's telling this story <laughs> and it's, she's telling it very somberly and subtly. And I was like, oh man, this is drawing me in. And then you're trying to make out the silhouette in the fog. And it looks like initially that like someone is like choking someone else, but then you get to, and, and it's that bag on her hip and you recognize it's a woman just paddling in the water and uh i don't know it just really drew me in as she's moving through this environment you're learning about the the beginnings of this world as you're kind of winding back and forth through these this like little uh stream to get to where you're going and yeah i don't know it was perfect to me it was on par with the beginning of bioshock which is also a phenomenal beginning to a wonderful game yeah, wow, it really that's... is. It really is one of the better beginnings of a game this yeah. year. And there have been quite a few good beginnings to games this year. So it's there yeah, have been. yeah. Hmm. It's 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 really it really is. It it starts off on such a good note. Yeah. Um, it's no Resident Evil Seven, but it's pretty cool. What you mean a callback to an actually good game? Sure, sure. It's it's not that. I'm fighting about it, Josh. <laughs> uh, the not so subtle Josh Burn. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, it's it's as you can tell, it's had quite an effect on Shay and Josh so far. I'm gonna stick with it, but I generally hate the puzzles. Um, but yeah, moving on. Um, Fish, I wanted to rope you in here. For a little bit, uh, so you can talk a little Zelda before I talk Resident Evil, because I know you've been left out of the conversation, my friend. Um, but uh, if you could flop back in here, and oh uh-huh. yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I know you've been continuing, you... to... <laughs> you're continuing to. Continuing to play. <laughs> I'm busy. Um, I know you've been continuing to play Zelda. You sent me a bunch of excitable text messages. Because I, I wanted Fish to uh, to try out like the dungeons in Zelda. And I kept telling him about it, but I didn't want to ruin it for him. And then he finally messaged me. I want to say it was Monday morning. And he had, like I had like three excited messages from him. He was like, oh my god! I did the dungeons in Zelda last night! It was so epic! Blah, blah, blah. I was surfing on a walrus and all this shit. And I was, uh-huh. was like, Shadow of the Colossus! Oh my god! He was just freaking out. So, here to tell us Is more that what I sound like? That's, that's, well, that's terrible. I made you sound more manly than you actually sound. Uh, I, oh. I took it down an octave. I, I don't so. like it. I don't like it. Okay. Well, that you should learn to love yourself. You know, that's what you sound I like. I do. I do. Do you ever listen you to podcasts? Make me sound. <laughs> <laughs> of course. I don't know, I even of course. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I have been playing it quite a bit, and yeah, I can't get enough of it. Doing that first dungeon was great. Like that's something that, like you said, like I did. I didn't know what I was getting myself into until. There, there's like a, so I did the desert one and, um, leading up to actually getting inside that dungeon, there's kind of like this side quest to get this, uh, helm for this little, I guess, um, princess or champion type of lady, um, who was actually a daughter, I believe of the champion that once piloted that divine beast, um, in the lore and there's a lot of story in this Zelda um, that 
I, I enjoy quite a bit. It, it's very simple, but like they, their focus is more on these characters and um, kind of fleshing them out slowly, piece by piece, as you explore this big world, open world. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, you go through a little side mission. It was like kind of like a sneaking type of mission, um, which was a nice change of pace in the game, I guess. Even though a lot of my a lot of my encounters, I would start by sneaking up to an enemy if I could and get off a sneak strike on them. But um, well, you were talking shit on Wind Waker too. You were like, "Oh, the stealth section's so much better than the stealth in Wind Waker." <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it was probably the same, but I, I know that you like Wind Waker so much, so I had to had to strike some nerves inside of you. Uh huh. It struck a nerve. I was upset. Okay. I don't even remember anyway. the stealth in Wind Waker at all. It was like 10 years ago. But just the fact that like you think the... you have to bring Wind Waker down to bring yeah. Breath of the Wild up. Sick I never me. finished Wind Waker, so. Yeah. I really That's I don't have saying that. But... Fish didn't finish a game? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, was that laugh necessary, Josh? <laughs> is it, what is it not necessary? Well, I decided not to finish the laugh. He okay, edited, yeah, you. he cut it down mm-hmm. <laughs> for your insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah, there's a side mission that you do. Um, after you do it, you you end up fighting a boss there, uh, which mm-hmm. is, I guess, like a mini boss or whatever. But um, after that, you you acquire the piece of uh, armor for it's a helmet for the champion, and she tells you the game plan to get this divine beast under control and. Um, how she's going to protect you and it, the whole whole moment of like leading up to actually getting on that divine beast and the fact that the divine beast turns into the temple is mm-hmm. just it blew me away i was just like what the fuck okay so this it's like is mind-blowing the right yeah and yeah i i mean i hate to ruin it for anybody who hasn't played it but yeah, yeah that's too bad Dude, the first time yeah, I did the elephant, I was, I'm right there with you. I didn't know it was going to happen either. I just, I, well, I'm not going to ruin it for you either, fish. But it's the same thing. The, the temple is the beast, and I remember like doing this whole side quest to get the elephant to stop, and then getting inside of it, and then like, holy shit, this! And then you actually change the inside of the temple. You actually like physically change the inside of the fucking temple. It's, yeah. it's insane. Yeah, it's brilliant. And like at first, it's almost overwhelming that you can like change oh, yeah. the 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 environment around you to solve these puzzles and like it is, yeah. you're going through different rooms and stuff but like i didn't feel frustrated to the point where i was just like wasn't getting it it was just more of like this overwhelming um feeling of like uh i gotta take this one step at a time and as you go through it you're you're slowly seeing all the mechanisms that have to be in place for you to move into the next room or uh, get to the next area and I, I thought it was brilliantly done. And just from, like, I guess a graphical standpoint, like, looking as the rooms, like, change and being mm-hmm. in that environment and how big these rooms are, like, it, you, 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 it's just, it's just mind-blowing to see that in this game. But it kind of fits because, you know, this game's, like, one of the real first open-world type of games that, in the Zelda series. So it would make sense for these temples to have that sense of uh enormous 
ness. Well, and even then, you can still beat them in like 20 minutes, which is the cool thing. Like, they still feel to me smaller than classic Zelda dungeons. I don't know. That's just the sense that yeah. I got. Yeah, they uh, do feel small because of the the area. But as you yeah, as you progress through it, there are, there are different levels that you. Get they're just to, more but, clever because like back in the day, yeah. I remember you had to find if you were in a Zelda temple, you could be in there for like two hours, like getting mini boss keys and then looking for the boss room key, and then each little room you go into at a puzzle. This one, you just there's like four or five little things you have to solve to get to the. They're they're more clever and more condensed. Um, because the temple is more about what leads up to it and the temple. You know what I mean? It's like a whole section yeah. yeah and i man i was just mind blown from yeah, <sighs> uh, yeah as soon as i beat that side quest and got up to it it's there's like this whole section where you're like surfing up with this walrus and you have to surf close to the uh, champion girl uh, as like as she protects you from the lightning attacks and like it was it was difficult but I died plenty of times on that, but it's so satisfying to actually do it and and get revealed that you're actually doing a temple at that point. And yeah. the boss was uh, the boss was difficult as fuck, but cool as hell <laughs> as well. Like, yeah, that one kicked like, my ass. I did. I have to come back to that one. I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't have the right shit to beat him. Like, I felt like I needed a one-hander and a shield to block his... You know he does that little darting attack? Do, 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 do. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, block yeah. it, and, I, and then I was... But, like, I only had one... All of my weapons, for some reason, were two-handers. And I, I did that to myself, I guess. So, like, after my one-hander broke, I was just getting obliterated, because I couldn't find a way around him without shielding myself. So... Uh, yeah, the first part of it, like, he does that... Um... I found that if you just continually move, um, he'll miss you with that final strike. After oh, you just he does run those. around? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or you can actually use a shield, which will block his attack. He won't take any damage um, as well. Um, I th- I ended up do it using a shield and a sword. and But, yeah, you you definitely need to use, like, potions and stuff. I definitely used um, uh-huh. some... Uh, what was it? There, there There's a... There, there's or a no, no it wasn't elixir it's a it's, it's a food, food item that you could cook oh, okay. yeah you cook it up and it gives you temporary hearts so you oh, can yeah, the, yeah, yeah yeah once the hearts uh, d- diminish they're gone forever you can't replenish the them yellow but, hearts yeah yeah yeah, yeah mm. I, I use that and i also use uh some sort of elixir that attack up my up. attack attack yeah, yeah. and yeah that I mean, there was like three different phases to that boss as well, and all of them were. It's just so. It's, no, I was just gonna say it's weird playing that one. It seems harder to me because I did the water one the next day, uh, the elephant, and it was like so much easier. Like the temple, the boss, like it was yeah. like ten times easier. So I don't know. I think the I, I desert hope it's one not that hard. easy. I think the desert one might be the hardest one, honestly. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Because I thought it was, like, perfectly balanced to where I was as far as in that game. And I was prepared for it. I just needed a a few tries at it before I actually got it down. Um, Even, like, the little puzzle that of learning how there's a part part where, like, he's striking you down with uh, these little lightning rods. He's shooting them down. And then that you have to pick one up with your magnesius and uh, hold it up next to him, like... 
that's a, that's just like brilliant uh classic like zelda yeah using, cool. using your yeah. abilities uh to defeat the boss um but yeah i, I was yeah after doing that i was right? just yeah. i was i was i was exhausted i was elated I, like yeah i just can't wait to get to all the other divine beasts at this point they're all great it's it's crazy that they've got all that within the game that's already fucking massive. It's already got like a million hours of gameplay, and then within those million hours is those four temple areas and everything you have to do surrounding them. It's like a a regular Zelda game packed into a giant open world Zelda game. It's like it's just insane. Mhm. Yeah, and I'm enjoying it every bit of it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it's pretty pretty good. Anything else exciting happening in your Zelda adventure that you want to mention? Any memorable um, stories? Any I, did, I did pick up some amiibos for it. Oh, um, that's right. You got your little amiibo <laughs> hole. <laughs> I never thought I would buy amiibos. Like, I've. It's anti amiibos. And, like, I've had a 3DS, but I never bought an amiibo for it or anything like that. I didn't see the need. Um, but my wife wanted wanted some amiibos for it. Um, so I bought her. Sure. Like, it's a classy move. Oh. That's where it started. She, I mean, I bought her the Wolf Link and the Princess Zelda, and um, after seeing her use them, I thought, "Oh, that's pretty cool." I wonder what the other Zelda-themed amiibos do. And I was going through them. I was like, "Holy shit!" They give you like this badass armor. I was like, "Huh, kind of want to get this exclusive armor you can only get with these amiibos." So, um, I broke down and. Had my wife buy me for the uh, champions. Wow. <clears throat> nice. That's where all the fish's money goes. <laughs> to straight where, to the evil. Uh, I'm broke now. <laughs> how much? How much did four amiibos cost you? Like sixty bucks? Oh no, they're like they're twenty bucks. Eighty bucks? Oh my god! Mm-hmm. And that's just yeah. the beginning of the amiibos. No, that, hopefully that's. That's Hopefully, it for now. hear that? Hear that? His voice. Hopefully, <laughs> that's the. Uh... Uh, I yeah, that's my first experience with amiibos, and I think it's pretty cool. I mean, you get a nice little figurine. You could use them every day, uh, in the game, and get something cool out of it. Have um, you gotten anything really rare from the amiibo drops yet? Uh, I have. I, I don't know if they're rare though, because well, they they say it's rare, um, but I have got both of the divine beast helms from two of the champions out of hmm. the three that I have. Okay. Um, and I just got my fourth champion in the mail two days ago. I haven't taken it out of the package yet. Um, but yeah, pretty yeah. soon I'll go ahead and get that champion going and rolling. That's cool. I mean, I'm not against it. I'm going to get my daughter some for Christmas because uh, I think the concept of her putting a toy onto the Switch and then seeing it come into her favorite game is going to be, like, mind-blowing for her as a kid. Um, but, I mean, I gotta do. I do got to call you out on this one thing, Fish. You did tell me that you were stuck and you used an amiibo to get yourself out of a precarious situation. You said you were getting your ass kicked and then you called upon the dog to help you in the desert. And uh, what? No, yeah. I actually no, I don't. Yeah, use you a said dog. you were getting your ass kicked, and you had to keep saving your game every because you were fighting all these enemies, and they were just kicking your ass, and you kept having to save your game every time you killed one. So you're like, you know what? I can just bring this amiibo into the game, and then oh, you, 
Yeah. No, that wasn't in the <laughs> desert. That was just after a tower, which was a bitch. It was surrounded by all these uh, high-level enemies. Um, uh, it had, like, three of those wizards that, like, jump around and a oh, um, whole bunch of electrical uh, lizard men in the water shooting water oh, at you. It was a fucking annoying. Like... Yeah, it, 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 it was a tough thing. It was a tough tower to actually get up through i think it was the toughest one actually because a lot of the towers have like a little puzzles to them but um for the most part they're easy this one was just a pain because it was surrounded by enemies yeah yeah i mean so we do have the defendant does admit he used an amiibo Uh, yeah wolf link is pretty useful in that game wolf link does seem like the one that i'm most curious about trying for sure yeah he has like three hearts and he'll attack anything that's uh hostile towards you Um, or the fierce deity which one gives you the fierce deity gear do you know which is there actually a fierce deity link amiibo yeah yes there's uh the majora mask yeah uh, majora's mask amiibo zala or majora mask links and yeah he'll give you i think he has a chance of giving you like four of the deity masks okay that's cool. Well, it sounds like you're still enjoying the fuck out of your Breath of the Wild experience, Fish. Um, oh, yeah. It's a great, yeah, game. I just came, great game. I just came across uh, those Lionels as well, which is like oh, a step up in difficulty. You actually, Holy there's, shit. When you go to, the, uh, to do the Zora Temple, you actually have to... Part of the mission involves encountering a Lionel. I don't want to ruin it for you, but that's actually part of the mission they send you on. Um, so you should do that one next. It's cool. You gotta do. You gotta see my boy Prince Sidon, the Shark Prince. Okay. My you my heterosexual them, yeah. man crush. You know, I want to make a Whoa. T-shirt that says "Just the Fin." It's a play on "Just the Tip," um, but it's Sidon and me. Just the fin. Oh. Just just the fin. Nothing. No. Okay. Joy, good. There's Josh. There he is. Okay. Um, that place is. <laughs> that place is so. I can't see you, Josh. That place is so cool. Um, that I, I want you to experience it. I don't know if you love it as much as I do, but um, man, it's pretty badass. That whole storyline, uh, how everything's animated there, uh, it's just the best. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild still too. I've been playing a lot of other stuff this week, but I got the two temples um, mostly down. So game is game is fucking great, right? The game is fucking great. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't think it was a surprise to me that it won Game of the Year from uh, the the Game Awards. No, nope. Um. Anyways, that's cool. We'll keep hacking away at Breath of the Wild, but maybe you probably won't hear any more about it from us probably till if it comes up during Game of the Year. I'd be surprised if it didn't come up at some point during our Game of the Year shows. Um, I did want to talk to you guys about the Resident Evil DLC before our bio break. Um, briefly here because I got to hook up the VR headset and play the Resident Evil DLCs, which I was really excited about. And so the weird thing is that the End of Zoe DLC is the one that costs 15 bucks. I feel like this one's getting the least amount of publicity, which is a shame. And it's really fucking weird. Like, the funniest thing about it is in every movie, there's always this... Uh, so the main character you play is Joe Baker. I don't know where he came from. It's like he has a little plot of land hidden in the back of this, the Baker mansion somewhere because it's like, it seems like he's been there. He's like the creepy uncle. Like I actually have some 
uh, grandparents that live down south and they have like a little <laughs> all my grandparents seem to have like the one cousin or uncle that's like lives in a little shack behind their house or something it's it's real weird down there but in this game it's funny because the um the it almost reminded me of that joke when you watch a movie and there's like the hick in the backwoods and he's like so convinced there's a government conspiracy like the government and they're doing all this crazy shit that's going on and he's like some backwoods hick in his little shack and he's talking all this crazy conspiracy theory nonsense well in this case it's actually true because there's a lot of crazy shit going on with umbrella uh in the swamp after the tanker and all this stuff and it's really happening. So that kind of made me laugh. But you play as uh, Joe Baker, and he finds Zoe um, on the verge of her life. And you basically tie up the whole Zoe storyline to the game, which is cool. Because as we talked about, the Zoe storyline split off where you had to make a decision between Mia and Zoe. And Zoe was a pretty good character. She actually helped you throughout the whole fucking game. But you felt obligated to take your fucking wife. And then you kind of shafted this poor girl. And you think that she's basically screwed, even though Ethan's like, I'll send someone to come back for you or whatever. So it pretty much helps tie up that whole plot line um, in a cool way. And the funniest thing about it is that they went kind of batshit crazy with the gameplay and in a very interesting way, and I appreciated it. The character Joe Baker at no point uses a gun. At no point during the entire DLC does he use a gun. And yet you fight giant alligators, giant, what are they called, the molded, the huge black evil demon creatures. You fight this almost Resident Evil nemesis. Remember in Resident Evil nemesis, there was a a guy who would follow you around persistently, and you would kill him for a little bit, and then he would keep coming back over and over again. There is a creature like that in this DLC, like a reoccurring enemy. Um, but the craziest thing is, his weapon is his fist. He punches everything in the face and it kind of made me laugh when i first started doing it because it's like you walk up to this big giant molded enemy that caused you all this terror in the first game and you just start punching it in the face just like and you like literally can like make their faces explode it's basically a brawler you literally walk around punching everything in the face now you do find like spears and stuff like that that you can throw at alligators and stuff but you literally punch everything whenever you fight the boss it's like a a straight up arena style puncher it's fucking it's so absurd but um but it works it 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 works in a weird weird way if you're open-minded to it because it's very different um that they were trying something new no guns um and they're and the character's huge joe baker is like this mass he's he's this old guy right but he's fucking huge he's like you would not want to fuck with this guy. Like he can stand like toe to toe with these, uh, with the molded and stuff like that. And he just and I love the the idea of that because you know the game is about fear. And there's this guy's just walking around like fuck these guys, and he's just punching them in the face. Like these things were like terrifying, and you're just boxing them basically. Um, it's it's really weird. But actually, they don't. There is some comedy in there and stuff, but they don't completely skimp on the uh, the horror. Like there's these giant alligators that you have to like sneak past. Uh, in the swamps it's it's that was the most terrifying part of it for me is there's some sections where you have to sneak by these mutated alligators and especially in virtual reality it was fucking intense oh my god like just waiting in the murky water in the virtual reality and there's an alligator 20 feet away from you was just unnerving um so it was a mixture of both um anxiety and terror and 
punching things in the face. So it's a very strange DLC, and it wraps up the whole story. Um, but I, it was all new. I applauded that it was new, that it was uh, all new stuff. So, um, how long is that campaign? It'd be in like three hours. So, huh. fifteen. But it's it's about as long as one chapter from the actual game, like one segment of the game. You know how it was broken up into like Marguerite's cabin. Lucas's section. Mm-hmm. It yeah. felt it felt yeah. like one section of, of the game. Cool. Um, and it looks great. I, I remembered playing it in VR how good that game looks in VR compared to other games. Especially up close. There were scenes where characters were like right in front of my face and moving around. Like you could just the detail was incredible. Uh, I, I don't remember it being that good. It surprised me. Um so it's it's it was it was a really cool thing. Now the not a hero DLC with um what's his name? Chris Redfield. Mm-hmm. Um that everyone was hoping and waiting. Now this is the free DLC that they gave out um to people to play. If you bought the game you got the Chris Redfield stuff for free. Um and the Chris Redfield stuff I was not as big of a fan of. Um because it was mostly um action-oriented, a little more recycled. It's basically um, wrapping up the Lucas Baker part of the storyline because Lucas escapes after Resident Evil 7. So basically, he escapes down into the mines and then Chris follows him down into the mines and you have to, and he sets up a bunch of traps down there. He's captured a bunch of your fellow, you know, un- umbrella squad mates and he set them up in these like Saw-style rooms you have to like free them or whatever and then of course um there's a bunch of enemies down there it's a lot more action oriented i actually didn't really care for it too much um uh there was a cool moment here or there but i just thought it was kind of boring like it's there was a lot of enemies to kill and like the 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 action it was like how people complain the end of resident evil 7 the action was already starting to take hold a little bit um is like just a straight continuation of that except now you're equipped with like a guy who's basically uh, killing machine, you know, two powerful guns. You can see on his little visor in the VR, you can see the little icons for his weapons and how much ammo they have and stuff like that. Um, but it does resolve Lucas's storyline. I just didn't find it interesting, and it was a lot more recycled. Like because it was free, and anybody could get this for free. It felt that way. Where the other one cost fifteen bucks, this one felt like they reused a lot of shit from the like not necessarily reused because it is a new area, but it's definitely like. A new area done in a way where they've um, reused a lot of uh, similar assets. So, I don't know. It just didn't impress me that much. Um, but overall, I'm you know I'm glad I played it. But if you have Resident Evil 7, I definitely recommend the End of Zoe DLC. If It's, it's pretty weird, but um, a lot newer and a, just a lot more interesting, I thought, um, for what it's worth. But overall, that should wrap up the... Resident Evil VR experience for me. I would like to maybe if I get time go through the game one more time um, before game of the year. Did you, did you find any crabs in there? Mm, uh, you know, yeah. shot Larry. Larry was huge <laughs> yeah. in that swamp. There was. You there are these cameo. There are some enemies when you in in um, Chris Redfield's Not a Hero DLC. They're like these little kind of crab-like creatures that jump at you by the throngs. So, uh, now that you mention oh. it, interesting. I wonder if Joe Baker might have got a hold of some of that. No, it wouldn't have been Joe. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was dirty on the outside, but I could tell he was a good man, and he wasn't. He was, you know. Oh really? <laughs> he, he wasn't. <laughs> Take no, them crabs up good, I guarantee. Yeah, he wasn't dirty and gross like you, fish. He's like, <laughs> he's a good man. What? Um. <laughs> He's saying I'm not a good man. Joe Baker would put that magnum to use. All right, he's he's protecting himself. Um, although that's the real twist: is Joe Baker um, that guy's too big? He's got to be a magnum. Uh, although, although my girlfriend was telling me there was nothing more disappointing in the dating world than when she would date a guy who was like six. She sent me that meme. It was like six five, no six feet five inches, four inch dick. And I'm like, oh man, does that happen? She's like, yeah, it's just, it sucks when you. With a really tall, big guy, and you go to have sex, and he's gonna tell you, like, eh, it's weird. Men don't really worry about that stuff. You know? We're and not worried about the size nothing. of dicks. God. Now I've just put the, the fear in all the men listening. I'm so sorry. Um, that's true. No, story. but your, your four inch dick is really nice, listener. I'm, it's, it seems personality like Personality goes a long way. Pers- mm-hmm. Yeah, good personality is like a whole extra half inch or so, mm-hmm. at least. As yeah, long as they know how, how to ocean. use it, the size doesn't matter. <laughs> that, is the vo- that is the voice that you say when you really want to downsell me on something. The motion of the ocean. Um, I don't know how I started talking about Joe Baker's... Yeah. But that's how I diverted. Uh, I'll blame fish for My that. crabs. Yeah, crabs. That's right. My crabs. Your crabs. Um, but no, he, Joe Baker's kind of a funny, cool character. And you get a weapon at the end of that DLC that just, it's so perfect. It's so perfect um, that I won't ruin. And it's not, it's, uh, it's cool. Oh, it's. Is it's, it a glove? It's a, yeah, it is a glove. <laughs> it's a glove. You're right. What? How did you know that? I, I was going to say it was a pitchfork, but okay. Uh, how did you know it was a glove, Shay? Is it really a glove? It's it's like a it's like a power glove, like a metal ass glove. <laughs> you charge it up and it goes like, it just fucking demolishes them. You can just yeah. Oh, I was I was being facetious, thinking like he just got like one of those like thermal gloves to keep his hand warm as he punches people. But you know, keep the I, molded gunk off his uh, fingers. Yeah, no, it's a it's a power yeah. glove. Got yeah. himself an oyster glove. Yeah, ready to go. Shucking for shucking, mm-hmm. shucker. He's a part-time shucker. Um, mm-hmm. But it sounds dumb. But I'm telling you, in the context of what they're doing, they find a way to pull it off. So congratulations to them for creating that DLC. The not a hero, not a DLC. Eh, not impressed. Um, but I will say this: one final thought, and we can move on. The thing that I love the most playing this game and thinking about it and I hope that they continue in this direction with Resident Evil 8, is that the things that make this game great have nothing to do with Resident Evil. And that is a strange thing to say because the Resident Evil name is what sells, it gives them the production values, it sells the game to some degree. But the things that make this game great have nothing to do with Resident Evil. You know what I mean? Like you could play all of Resident Evil 7 and just think it's a first-person horror game with some weird supernatural elements, right? It's not until the very end that some of those things come in. And I think that's to the game's benefit. Um, yeah yeah exactly too many of these games have taken the whole extended universe nonsense and tried to bake it into the entire story and it doesn't work it just doesn't work no you end up with stories that make absolutely no sense yeah Yeah. it's a silly fiction 
And this is almost like a prequel, so it's able to ground it. Like, there was this one crazy story about this guy who took the mutagen and tried to inject it into his, his dick, and it was just ridiculous. Um, I know. I'm glad there's at least there's DLC, there's a though. Theme, a theme on your mind, Morgan. Um, you've not ceased to talk, to stop talking about penis since <laughs> we started this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. What else is well, new? What do you want to inject your penis in? I, you know, there's other ways. Fish. There's pumps. There's pills. I mean, you don't need the black market serum shit, man. I mean, you're you're a brave man, but there's other ways to go about it. Mm. Really. Go big or go home. <laughs> that's that's what they do Christ. in Texas. Can we move on to the BioBreak article? <laughs> that's the, the that's the, that's the name of the syringe. Go big or go home. Um, the umbrella package, forty nine ninety nine. Okay, so anyways, it's pretty it's pretty all right. Uh, I no, it's it's more than that. It's it's really cool. I think I summed it up pretty well. Um, yes, BioBreak shade. We can talk about it. Um, Thank God. It's sh- shady. It's uncomfortable when we talk about. Um, unfortunately, this BioBreak article last week, it was about bearded dragon penises, but this week, it is not about that. I will give a brief summary of the BioBreak article. Now, if you're a new listener, this is the part of the show where we introduce a science topic for because uh, we are fortunate enough to have a biology major with us, uh, Shay Layton, who teaches over in Japan, and tries to grace us with some of his knowledge, and then we just try and add our ignorance to the discussion. Um, now, the the article is all over the place, but I'm taking the summary from uh, ScienceDaily.com. It's chimpanzee deaths in Uganda pinned on the human cold virus. I was trying to find something virus-related to tie into the Resident Evil theme. The summary of the article is, In the wild, chimpanzees face any number of dire threats, ranging from poachers to predators to deforestation. That's why scientists investigating an outbreak of respiratory disease in a community of wild chimpanzees in Uganda's Kabali National Park, were surprised and dismayed to discover that a human common cold virus known as rhinovirus C was killing healthy chimps. So basically, the common cold of the human is killing these chimpanzees. Ironic, because, you know, people think that chimpanzees evolved into humans. I guess it's not. I don't want to get into that. But um, here to grace us No with one his thinks thoughts, that. Well, I know. I, I phrased that poorly. That's not what I meant to say. But I think you know what I was trying to say. Okay. Um, anyway, Shay, I've set the stage for you now. If you, I know you devoured this topic before. You want me to come save you? You want to come save you? Please do. Please do. Okay, <laughs> okay I can do that for you. Now, um, it, what's really fascinating about this article, first and foremost, is that um, what the researchers found from this outcome was that all chimpanzees um, can be affected by this uh, human rhinovirus or HRV-C. So there are three main types of rhinoviruses. There's A, B, and C. They recently just discovered um, this human rhinovirus C in 2006. So it's a very it's a very new discovery in terms of uh, humans and. They've actually found, I I read a separate paper on this, um, and they have found that 1.4 to 30.9 of patients that were tested in various areas around the world are infected with this virus, and it is actually the most common of the three. Um, How that leads to the You mean percentage? You said one point, you mean percentage, okay. Yeah, percentage. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is in various areas. Now, what's so interesting and how this correlates 
Uh, fucking Josh. Um, <laughs> Josh is texting shit too. See, I can't even read these because I'm trying to host. Let's see what Josh texted us. That's so funny. I wish funny. I wouldn't have read that one. Uh, that one we'll shit, pay those damn. We'll pay those damn monkeys back for the AIDS virus. Okay, Josh, we told you to say this shit out loud. God damn it. Uh, that one was worth saying out loud. We're showing those damn monkeys back for the AIDS virus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway, sorry, get sure. back on track. No, it's all good. That was funny. So, these chimpan- or chimpanzees in general um, are all genetically predispositioned to be affected by this HRV, which is a mm-hmm. really big deal. So that basically means if a human comes into contact with chimpanzees and has this virus there's a i don't know the percent chance but there is a good chance that the chimpanzee will be affected by this virus that's that's a big deal man i mean with with how how much more um human interaction we have with nature and how we continue to spread and minimize chimpanzees uh habitat range due to deforestation and pollution and what have you um, it's more and more likely that these chimpanzees are going to have human interaction. And if they're all genetically predispositioned, that's a really, really, really big problem. So on, on top of that, I mean, if you want to get a little bit more into what what happens with this, basically um, what happens is what, what's leading these chimpanzees to be genetically predispositioned is the receptors on these viruses. Um, they have the, the there are different mechanisms to which the viruses can attach themselves like one is a lock and key mechanism which basically it has this right protein molecule that happens to fit in the right area I'm trying to make this as generic as i possibly can so you guys can understand it um it fits into the right area and then it allows the virus to go in and destroy the cell and it, this virus happens to be compatible with the receptor on the chimp cells, which is why they're all genetically predispositioned to be affected by this virus. That is something that doesn't just magically change it um, because we want it to. That That's evolutionary history needs to uh, select, a, not select against this virus, but basically figure out an adaptation over time. And with how quickly things are happening, with such as deforestation and pollution, Whatever you believe, I'm not here to argue global warming, that that is a very unlikely scenario that chimpanzees will be able to adapt to this. So that furthers, I guess in my my mind, the case of uh, human interaction needs to stop at some point, and that we need to quit the sprawl of humans out into area, other areas. I'm not saying we shouldn't provide for humans. I understand that. Humans are important, lives are important, but you look at how little habitat a chimpanzee has and how many humans there are in the world, how many places they can inhabit, I think, I think it's clear there's obviously an issue here. But anyways, to get back off my soapbox and back into the... the wait, wait main... hold on one sec, if you don't mind me interrupting you. Yeah. Um, so because of how we've affected their habitats... That reduces their chance of adapting because why? No, it reduces it reduces their 
area available area to live essentially their habitat um is reduced which means and that's usually uh, a result of humans you know going in and removing their habitat i.e deforestation yeah and so closer the humans are to the chimpanzees more likely they're going to be infected with this virus snowball effect essentially well, so i'm why, not saying well, deforestation say leads than... to virus but. No, no, but you said, uh, I'm sorry, I, I phrased that incorrectly. That I understand, but you said that it seems unlikely that they'll be able to adapt to this. Because you said they need to be able to adapt. That's part of evolution. Right. Um, why don't you think they'll be able to adapt to this? Um, you, If you look at, tr- um, granted, there's recently an article that found um, some bird, like we just talked about it recently, a new species was formed in two generations. Um, on. Uh, Darwin's finches. That was an extreme example, I think. But if you look at trends, um, various papers have detailed this, that uh, evolution happens over many generations. You can look at Mm -hmm. basic bacteria and cells happens over um, generations. I mean, it happens each generation, but very slowly. It may take 10, 12, 14, 16 generations for this evolutionary adaptation to occur in a cell or in a bacteria and that's Mm -hmm. that's a very small microorganism now you extrapolate and expand on that to the chimpanzee you know let's just just for sake of argument and just hypothetical let's say it takes 10 generations for a chimpanzee to adapt to this hrv Mm -hmm. with how much deforestation happens on a daily basis um, and actually, I remember doing this paper on it in 2008. I was writing a paper for an English class. This was back then. Um, just one of the rainforests in um, Africa. Can't, can't remember which one it was. Uh, 266 square miles was deforested a day in 2008. And uh, that's roughly the distance from Los Angeles to Phoenix, one way. Nice square mm-hmm. that. And that's how much was deforested i don't know the current numbers um that habitat, so you're saying there'll be so little of them that they'll be endangered or gone so they so why they won't evolve out of it right absolutely absolutely i mean okay. if uh, and that's that's hypothetical as well you know that scenario i just don't think that um, you're saying it takes so long that by the time they have adapted to it there won't be any left exactly that's exactly what i'm saying you know you know we're faced with a the great extinction event Right now, the sixth great extinction event, where it, uh, scientists have predicted that we're going to lose, I think it's a 25% or a third of uh, all species on Earth. And uh, if we don't figure out a way to optimize and keep the amount of habitat we have and maybe increase some of that, chimpanzees may be one of the casualties of that. And that's really sad because seeing that a virus affects chimpanzees um which may or may not be whatever you believe in whatever you want to look at through evolutionary history be one of our very distant ancestors that can cue us in to certain things now i mean that's why people study chimpanzees and apes and other you know various helpful monkey and ape species and that's yeah it's scary but um, to get back to the, to the article, I'm sorry I got tangential. The, the the big thing that was happening to these chimpanzees is they were 
having these respiratory tract infections or RTIs. And mm-hmm. how, what this what this virus actually does is um, it, it's especially potent on children. It aff- it can affect um, you know, it's like an upper respiratory infection, so they can get like bronchitis or they can get um, they can affect their asthma. Uh, it can affect mm, them in all silly. these different ways, and in an adults, it actually can be the precursor to things like pneumonia and other. Um, yeah, not necessarily deadly, but very life-altering diseases or complications. Pneumonia can be fatal, but um, it's it's a very, very, very uh, strong HRV, and so you can see why these chimpanzees are dying because it's a very potent virus, and because of the fact that those receptors are uh, I don't want to say compatible, but with this virus, essentially is perfect for the chimpanzee cells. Nothing they can do at this time. That's why it's such a big deal. Mm. That's why That's sad, scientists yeah. are freaking out. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it makes me think about the the chimpanzees that are kept in captivity in zoos and whatnot, if they're going to take extra precautions as far as like human interactions with them, if making sure that the zookeepers and the handlers are not running a cold of any sort. Uh, that may um, uh, put those apes in jeopardy of uh, contact or contracting that virus. Absolutely. It's actually, so one, one thing they found is, as with most colds, it's kind of common sense that this, um, the, the infections from um, the human rhinovirus C is predominantly spread in temperate and, excuse me, temperate and subtropical countries around the fall and winter mm-hmm. time. They're actually finding that in tropical areas, it is spread around the rainy seasons, not necessarily fall or winter, just rainy seasons. So there is a little bit of a determination there, and they're actually figuring out how to detect this virus, um, obviously since they finally discovered it in 2006. But it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out in the future. I just hope that, you know, there's kind of like a, a, a... a better health screening for people who are going to be handling chimpanzees and doing this research. Exactly what Fish is saying. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's depressing, but it in in a way, in a way, in in a, in a bittersweet way, it's important. It shows us, hey, you know, may, maybe there is a little bit of validity that we evolved from chimpanzees and apes and other things and we do have a direct effect on these animals the animals that we take in that we study that depend on us so i'll get off my soapbox i apologize get off your fucking soapbox jesus christ (laughs) last time we give you a soapbox to stand on (sighs) okay no that's cool it's a i mean it's not cool it's sad um but interesting to uh, to discuss further. Um, speaking of sadness, as we move on here, I played a little bit of Hollow Knight. Uh, it reminded me a lot of Fish because um, I always, you guys know, I always joke with Fish as being a soulless husk. So he walks through life with his husky self. And <laughs> you're not that husky. Game... You look really nice, Fish. <laughs> no. Well, thank you, Josh. Husky is somebody in. here. 
dead skin that. flaking yeah. off. You know, like the soulless touch is a joke I've always had about fish because it, if you if you don't know it at this point, I I don't have time to catch you up on it. Um, but just use your imagination and then imagine fish's personality and then just put it in a little pot and there you go. So there's this game called Hollow Knight and <laughs> that didn't make any fucking sense. There's this game called Hollow Knight that um, it's it's tailored for you, fish. Think about this. I've never played a game that's more tailored for fish. All right, check it out. The music. Omnius and emo, right up your alley, right? Check one. All right, boom. All right, we're not gonna let this pass. I've put up with with it for the last six months. It's ominous. Um, what did I say? Omnius. Mm-hmm. Ominous. Um, okay. Thank ominous. you, Josh. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right. Ominous. We've we've let it slide for long enough. It's ominous. God, of all the things. Okay. <laughs> ominous. That's fine. That's fine. Thank ominous. You. I, I I like to be corrected on those things, so you know that's fine. Okay. Um, ominous. Uh, music <laughs> is very ominous. <laughs> As in, um, what is omni? What's a one, right? <clears throat> yeah, omnius is, is is all things. Yeah. Oh. So like yeah, omnipotent, no, like a god is omnipotent. It's or everywhere. Omnivore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, omnivore. If you're saying something's ominous, you're not really saying much at all. Yeah, it's everything. <laughs> The music is, it has all elements of music, Fish. Mm-hmm. This game is everything, let me tell you. Gosh. Wow, you got my attention. Uh, okay. Go on. Now, so, think about this. The name of the game is Hollow Knight. Boom. You're a soulless husk. Check one. The music Boom. is ominous. Boom. You love ominous music, right? Boom. Ch- check two. Number three, boom, you star a fucking beetle, a bug. You love bugs and beetles. Boom. 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 All right, bugs and beetles. And it plays like a Metroid game. You love Metroid. Boom. 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 (laughs) Metroid, we got it. And guess what? It's hard like Dark Souls and you love Bloodborne. Boom. Boom. Uh, I'm out of booms, but that's a lot of booming that we just did there. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So imagine you're a bug. It's a bug Metroid version of Bloodborne where you play a boom. knight called God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that boom was uncalled for, god damn it. <laughs> um No, yeah, I just I when I was playing it, I was just laughing. I was like, Fish would probably love this game because it's 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 pretty much all those things. It's like it's basically Metroid uh, and Dark Souls, but you're a you're like a little bug. You're a hollow knight, that's why it's called that. Um, and you fight other bugs. Like the first big little boss you uh, boss you fight is like a big beetle thing. He swings a big club at you. Um, all the enemies are bugs of some sort. It's uh, it's basically like a nightmare version of Metroid with all bugs. It's what it is. So it's charming in that sense, and uh, but par- fairly familiar. You know, if you played like a Metroid game, that's how it plays. Um, things I like about it, it's got this cool thing where every time you kill an enemy, you get a little bit of their power, and you can use that to heal yourself. So, like, you can charge up after killing a bunch of enemies and then heal yourself. You freeze, you hold down the B button, or it's B for me on the controller, and you can get your life back, um, which is kind of a cool strategic thing to use. And the game's pretty tough. The first boss I fought was, like, this beetle thing, and it was, like, very precise. Like, he would swing at you, and you had to get right up in his belly to hit him, and you had to run away really fast before he hit you, and he had a big radius, so it was like a surprisingly challenging and tense. Um, and I was like, man, that's where I got sort of the Dark Souls vibe to it. It's tough. It's got a a really tough vibe to it, but it, it's charming. It seems well made. I'm not blown away by it, but I do like it. It feels good to play. 
Um, Fish, you should definitely... Josh gave me all of his Steam games. It's incredible. I didn't... Me and Shay now have access to all of Josh's video games, and it's fantastic. Which means now your your pile of shame is also several dozen large. (sighs) I wrote down a list of things I'm going to be playing before next week. Um, I am just dabbling in like things like Tacoma and stuff like that. So, but I think, I think you owe Josh a nice thank you and a big Christmas gift for using all his games. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I used one and I already plan on buying him a Christmas gift. Oh God. This is getting too sentimental for me. Um, yeah. You can see all his games that he has and just pick one that he doesn't have. I got, That's right. I got actually, give, give him a new game. I told Shay this week. I told Shay I actually had a present for him. You guys remember this. I said, Shay, I have a present for you guys this week. But Shay didn't read any of our messages this week because he was, you know, off in God knows where on his sabbatical. So, yeah, he was um, too busy swiping right. Me too busy. <laughs> You I was too stop. busy working, you fucking assholes. It's like five in the it's like five in the morning. He's like, I can't stop swiping. That's right. <laughs> Just like I wake up. Fuck, I haven't swiped right enough today. <laughs> Just something about it. Um, you know, it's incendiary how they set that up. It's both addictive and, you know, he's he's <sighs> we don't need to go with any further in that this week. We don't have enough time to give Shay further shit for his exploits. All right, um, past exploits. But past. if you want to use that for your Tindo profile, you can put that. It My feels Tindo? Like five tongues. I love Tindo. <laughs> feels like Tindo. Feels like he has five tongues. Um, all right. Anyways, so it's a cute little game. I enjoyed it. I'm maybe gonna play a little bit more of it. Um, seems right up Fish's alley. But God knows he has enough video games to play now. So I don't plan on ever seeing Fish play this game ever. So I'm not even gonna try. Um, but if Fish ever did play it, I think he would enjoy it a little bit. I'll give it a shot. That's not true. Whatever. <laughs> um, what was the last thing I had on my notes here before we get to the show wrap up? Been a good show today. Good energy. And I think we fit everything from the list that I really want to talk about. Uh, oh, Near Automata. So that's a weird one. I pulled Near Automata out. I was like, I might as well fucking finish this game. I bought it back in May and I had to go back and listen to our podcast a little bit because I couldn't remember what I said about it. Um, but I had an idea of what I said about it. And it was pretty on point, which was, I love the spirit of the game. Um, I enjoyed the music. I thought the gameplay was fine. I love 2B, but like there was a lot of issues I had with the game. It was really ugly. Me and Josh both agreed that the open world elements were completely unnecessary. And all of those things pretty much stand. Um, but I finished it. So I sat down, I buckled down and finished the damn game. There are things about that game that are just infuriating and it sucks because... They, what they sacrificed in production values, they really tried to make up for with a lot of quirky ideas. Like, the game has multiple endings, multiple playthroughs. Like, I started the second playthrough just to see what it was like. And sure enough, you start a second game and you play as 9S. And it's got a different intro, but it shows you how 9S met up with 2B. So, it's like, they put a lot of heart into this game that is, is really cool. Um, but it suffers for that in a lot of ways too. Like the environments just look fucking awful, just awful. Uh, the open world elements add nothing to the game. A lot of the coolest sections, um, 
are once you've finally gotten to a point on the map. You know, 2B is a really cool aesthetic. She's a really cool character. Like, cosplay for her is taken off. Even my girlfriend, who's not a big gamer, says she sees 2B cosplay everywhere. I mean, she is just a badass-looking character. Um, and the music is exceptional. I take it back. Last week, me and Josh were kind of trashing on the music. I take all of that back. I will eat that crow. You can shove that crow as far down my throat as you want. I think the music in the game, after playing it again this week, incredible. Absolutely epic. In, in fact, if you took the music out of this game, significantly less amazing. I guarantee you that um, you wouldn't see getting half the publicity it did. So well well earned that game awards uh, for best music. So. I mean, it's the, fuck, the music's so good, but the game itself has some cool ideas and some cool moments. But in general, the it has some frustrating things that pull it back. I'll give you a I'll give you a perfect example. So, you're fighting a boss, right? In most games, I, I play both these games on the same day, so it's a good comparison. I played Zelda, and when I was fighting the Zelda boss, I went through a couple of my weapons. They broke. I used a couple of my dinners that I made for Link that I cooked to give me health, and I died. The boss killed me, right? took me back to the checkpoint i had all those items again because of course the boss killed me right so those items i should get back in return near automata is one of those sort of weird janky games that doesn't give you that uh that gift i i was fighting this really long boss fight and i used like 10 potions because that's basically what you do in the game you just spam potions to heal yourself i died it checkpointed me in a place that I could not return to the game until I finished the boss and all my health potions were gone. So it checkpointed me back to before I used the health potions and every health potion was gone. It did this several times, so I made sure. Um, That's the kind of janky shit we would have seen when we were, like, kids. You know, playing, like, some sort of rough, quirky PlayStation 1 game. That kind of shit cannot fly nowadays, you know what I mean? And, like... The waypoint system is pretty fucked up. There was a point where the waypoint was telling me to go the wrong direction. So I warped to a different area and then the waypoint suddenly was helpful because I was in a specific area that allowed the waypoint to be useful. Clunky. The the game has some fucking Mm. issues. It just does. Um, So on one hand, there's something about it that just made me want to finish it. It's got something special about it despite its problems that made me want to see it through. And at the same time, I don't know if there's enough there to make me want to keep coming back because the game just isn't really that fun to play. And I found myself more frustrated. Uh, and, you know, we deserve better at this point. Like, we can put up with some shit. Like, remember last year I was telling you guys Final Fantasy fifteen had problems. But they were mostly, like, kind of quirky problems. Like, oh, it's kind of annoying that you can't turn all your bounties into this one area or whatever. Something like that, right? Not, like, frustrating, almost game-breaking issues um, that I can only chalk up to a limited budget. Um, I don't know how these things were not caught by someone on the team. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just strange to me. So, um, really rough around the edges, but it's got some really cool ideas and I'm glad I finished Nier Automata. I get why people have grown a strong fondness for this game. You see Nier everywhere. It's funny because Fish was the one that was going on and on before the game came out. He's like, dude, Nier Automata's coming out. I downloaded the demo. I played the first Nier. And he was all excited about it. And it was like right up his little Japanese alley because Fish loved those games. And then he never ended up playing it. So uh, it's one of those things. Um, My Japanese alley? You know. I have yeah. an alley yeah, in you, Japan? Of course you do. Cool. Okay. It's, it's no, I, I like that demo. It's just I noticed for, from that demo that the, the combat was way too easy. And I was... I was more curious if that 
that wasn't the case in the game like it would get more difficult and that gameplay would be changed up but after hearing that that gameplay is persistent throughout that whole game that it just didn't excite me i mean it's one thing to play through a game for its story but to have like non-inspired gameplay mechanics and combat just doesn't doesn't resonate well with me as a gamer well, I wouldn't say that the gameplay's not uninspired. It's just, like, for example, it's not the hardest thing in the world, but there'll be bosses where you, they change a lot. Maybe the camera angle will change dramatically up above you, oh, yeah. you know, to the side. Yeah. They do a lot of cool things, I think, that are really inspired, and the gameplay is fine enough, but if that's your main criticism, I don't think that's the problem. Um, okay. If, yeah. But... I don't, I, the whole thing I don't was intended to be like this play through it a couple dozen times to get all the endings yes. sort of a thing. And why would you? It's way too long for that nonsense. Yeah. Like, cut out the open world crap, make it, you know, half the length so we're not wasting time doing nothing. That would have been and cool. Then, yeah. And then maybe I'll do all that. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, they could have polished the game more if they had t- all those. The time they spent texturing that world, those bland buildings, like, mm. what if they cut the game in half, like you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Somebody put... had to model all those burnt-out cars. Yeah, or as my daughter says, dead cars. So mm-hmm. all the dead cars. Um, it's it's a shame because that game. Yeah, how far? Like, I'm I'm guilty as anyone. Like, I love Deadly Premonition back in the day, and that game had a lot of fucking problems. But they were different problems, and it was I didn't have to play through the game ten times to get all the cool stuff. So uh, I don't know. I am I gonna keep playing this game? No, probably not. But I do admire what it does. I just wish they had executed a lot of it better, and I wish that the open world elements would have been removed because they add nothing to the game. They just they just don't. But I get it. Um, so near Automata, it's it, I checked it off the list. It's another game bites the dust. Done, done, done. And another one bites the dust. So I'm trying to see if there's anything else on here that I wanted to talk about. I'm sorry, that was weird. Um, I have this. Don't ever so that's, do that again. <laughs> uh, I was. <laughs> I'm the only one with the balls to sing on this goddamn podcast. I sang last week. I sang this week. What are you going to sing, Fish? The problem's not your balls. <laughs> What's the problem? That's right. There's no problem. When Fish <laughs> sings, he can start giving me shit. That's right. You're not going to make me sing. Just, just, wear your vulner- just wear your vulnerabilities for the audience, Fish. It's a good feeling. Just let it out. Mm-mm. Be vulnerable. No. Okay, um, that's, that's all I'm gonna try on that one. Uh, wrapping up this week, as far as things that we've done, me and Fish have a really cool Star Wars video in the works. I'm gonna post it this video this weekend. This is probably gonna be our most disgusting and vile video to date. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, I posted the Tingle picture this week on the Instagram. Um, I did not put Fish in the Tingle picture. I've saved his dignity, and I have now taken the brunt of Tingle mania. Uh, let me see. I don't think there's any other big announcements. Um, game of the year is just two weeks away. So now I only have two weeks left to hound fish about not playing games. And then the whole year starts over and he's caught up. You know, we're all, it's the end of the season. You know what I mean? We're all, 
Josh is nodding his head in the webcam. That's right. <clears throat> We're all tied up at that point, Fish. You're not behind on anything come January 1st. Oh, awesome. The Isn't burden has been lifted. The burden has been lifted. That's the Kill Switch Engage song. That's another singing moment yeah. right there. I enjoy taking a good dump, too. <laughs> That's <laughs> dropping. <laughs> dropping those burdens. <clears throat> Um. So yeah, so that's gonna be fun. In two weeks, we will be recording that. <sighs> trying to think, is there anything else that we need to mention before we wrap up this motherfucker? Anything vital that you guys wanted to put? Oh, we had a really good listener email. Of course, I almost forgot. I'm so sorry. Um, this is a good one. Shay sent it to us before the show. This is from the. Um, sorry, I almost let that slip my mind. I feel bad. This is a really cool one from the Twitter page. And it had to do with Hell, Hellblade and also gaming in general. And I think this will be a good way to wrap up the show. Um, so this email is from Kinetic. It says, replying to Sword Chomp, thoughts on the game length of Hellblade? A shorter experience to tell a contained story rather than trying to run up the playtime clock for value. What do you think this might mean for future AA tier games? Or do you think Hellblade is a one-time anomaly? I will throw this to you first, Josh. Do you have an opinion on this excellent question? Well, I'm first of all, I want to thank a listener for emailing, emailing us all the way from Connecticut. That's a that's a that's really <laughs> impressive. It's it makes that's us feel a cute good. Joke. That's yeah, cute. That's, um, <laughs> no, but um uh no one's gonna I'm, touch <laughs> yeah um i i i don't have the time for long games anymore i'd much rather them be a much more contained experience um more polished more more respect for our time at this point because as much as i enjoyed what i played of persona 5 i wish that game was 40 hours shorter I just, I don't have time mm -hmm. for it. I would have loved to see where that story went, but I'm not going to. I just, I, I'm not. Like, I've got other things I want to play. It doesn't respect my time. It, it expects you to sit there and play it for 100 hours. That's not going to happen. It's, I, at, and I, I know there's like a middle ground, but still, I'm, I'm fine with the shorter games at this point. Uh, I mean, Hellblade as an example, I don't feel like, I don't feel like there's any way that could have been longer. Um, no. I mean, I feel like it was already about as long as it needed to be. Yeah, it's already um, pushing it. Yeah, yeah I just, there's, there was no reason to really add more to it. I felt like it was just really, really well paced. Um, so, What about something like Breath of the Wild in your eyes? A game that's incredibly long, but people don't seem to be complaining about it in the same respects. Like, you could easily put 100 hours in the Breath of the Wild if you want to. You can, but it also... That one does a good thing about respecting your time as far as there's always a, a short-term goal in that game. You can always mm -hmm. decide to just go do a thing and do it. Um, you know, what's over that hill? Go find out. And that's, that's your goal for the day. Uh, you want to kill Ganon? Congratulations. You can right now if you want to. Like, I as can? soon as the game wow. starts. Like, that's, that's just it's the way the game is made. The, mm -hmm. the game, they ask exactly how much time you want to put in and then allow you to do that. Yeah. There's um, no filler. Yeah. 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 And you can take it in little chunks if you want. Mm -hmm. It's true. 
I was just curious. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. What about you, Shay? Um, I'm actually in favor of them making it a shorter game for what they did because, granted, I, I'm not all the way through the game, but I think that it was a really smart idea for them to make it a compact and more visceral experience. It, 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 there's no fluff there, so what they're trying to get across with the the suspense and the psychosis really translates because it is a shorter experience. Now, to be honest with you, I honestly feel like Hellblade is a $60 game. It's a beautiful looking game. It's mm. a very, very beautiful looking game. Mm. And all the time and attention that they put into it, I feel like it should mm. be a $60 game to be honest with you. However, the fact that mm. it is as cheap as it is, there's no excuse not to play that because it is a brilliant game for how cheap it is. Yeah, there's no excuse, yeah. Fish. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I saw that price and I was like, man, that's a cheap-ass game. I'm not going to play it. It's not 60 bucks. It's not going to be worth the investment. Yeah. That's right, because Amiibos are better. But anyways, I oh! I feel like... How like, dare you? I feel like moving Have forward. You ever, um, you ever felt the magic of an amiibo in your fingertips? Have you ever felt it in your fingertips, Shay? God, I have so many comments right now, but I want to stick with uh, what we're talking about. I have many, many comments. So I'll just say no, I haven't. Um, okay. Oh, I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. Aw. How about you? I'm going to make my comments He's so off flustered. Air. He's I'm going to so... make my comments <laughs> off air. I really don't want to be... I don't want to take it too far. I love it. Um, I going love forward, it. I'm definitely... Oh, you got to get you a Nintendo Switch. So you can use the Amiibo. I don't want a fucking Amiibo. Don't get me an Amiibo. You know what you okay. could do for me? Seriously? If you, you, if you want... If there are still any white fudge-covered Oreos um, out and about, they usually come out at the very end of November, so they're probably gone now. But if you find any boxes, please buy them for me and send them to me. Okay. Those are my favorite cookies of all time. And, uh... What if they're expired? I will eat them and throw up. I don't give a shit. I okay. Love them. Okay. I'll get food cool. poisoning for them. I love those cookies so much. I mean, I an expired Oreo's then. gotta be... It's got to be better than a Tim Tam. I'd take an expired Oreo over a Tim Tam any day. Dude, Tim Tams are delicious, but those white fudge-covered Oreos are the epitome of delicious. And anyone who disagrees, listener, co-host, I'll fight you. I will I literally fight you. <laughs> but we don't have to fight about it. We don't have time to fight about it. Before you guys interrupted Shay, go ahead and continue your soliloquy, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. So going forward, I think it would be a very smart idea for games to not draw it out and to make it a more succinct and compact journey because Hellblade is the case study for this in my eyes. They made this compact game and what they were going for was certainly achieved because there are no lull points. There are no mm-hmm. there are no dragged out areas because they wanted to pack a $60 game with enough content to justify people buying it. I think other games really would benefit from that. Whether or not they drop the price point like Hellblade did, um, to me, is irrelevant. To me, what's more relevant is that if it's a a game, whether it's $30 or $60, there's no fluff in there. Like Another another perfect game of that was Mm. actually uh, Heavy Rain, 
Heavy Rain was a very short game, mm -hmm. but it was an incredibly bucks, yeah. visceral, moving experience when we played it. And yes, yes, it it's it, it's there's no fluff in that game. So the, I, the I one definitely thing I would say to no, yeah, I think those are I think those are all valid points. Jay. I actually agree with everything both you and Josh are saying. Um, and we're not going to throw it to Fish because he's already expressed his opinion on. Uh, he thinks $30 games are shit, so. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's not my opinion. I was just joking around. Oh, <laughs> oh were you? I had no idea. Um, oh. Oh, you don't understand my sarcasm after being uh, my friend for how many fucking years? That was the joke, is that I mm. understood what oh. I was saying. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you don't understand my sarcasm after <laughs> being my friend for how many fucking years? <laughs> you know I don't. Shouldn't you guys do this at home? Um. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you think they don't? <laughs> it's much weirder when we do it at home. Um, well, but I would just say, yes, Fish, would you like to say something? Go ahead. No, uh, wait. Was okay. I supposed to say well something? Said. Well said. Good point. Well said. You're um, welcome. No, <laughs> no 20, $20 game. Made a big deal about it, and I was like, hey, like, what? <laughs> Sorry. It's the end of it's the end of this podcast. Uh, He's loopy. I'm losing it. This is where the good stuff comes. The good stuff comes out at the end. That's what she said. Set myself up for a golden dunk. Josh, please edit that from the podcast. Thank you. Don't Josh, don't mm. you do it. If you love me, you're all about all, the golden dunk, huh? <laughs> Well, What's a golden dunk? <laughs> well, when a, Do you when have to ask? You don't deserve to know. Loves a woman very much, or another man. When two people love each other very much, um. So, I was just gonna say that there are a lot of games, kind of like Hellblade. I don't think it's a one-time thing. I mean, like Shay was saying, um, there are a lot of games that charge more, but they still give you those shorter experiences. Hell, even the Call of Duty campaigns are only like five hours. Look at something like Cuphead. Cuphead was only twenty bucks, and that game is technically thirty minutes long, but I guarantee it took all of us more than a week to play it. So, there have been a lot of games I think that are six to seven, eight hours long. Things like Inside that were only twenty, like three hours long, and they were like twenty bucks. A lot of shorter contained experiences. I think it just depends on the ambition of the developer. I think it's very brave of them to sell this for $30 and acknowledge that it is a shorter experience, there are $60 games that are just as long. Um, I don't agree with Shay. I don't, if I would have paid $60 for this game, I would have felt sick to my stomach. Um, so we can agree to disagree on that one. But I think it's, I like what they're doing. They're saying this is a contained thing. Let's entice people to buy it by selling it at a, at a lesser price. But I feel like there, if you look out there, there are enough shorter games to enjoy even the games from our childhood that we loved like i remember beating metal gear solid in like 10 hours you know what i mean like they're they're out there so no i don't think it's a one-time experience um but i do think it's very cool of them to offer the game at a uh more affordable rate to say hey this is gonna be kind of weird this might be out of your norm it's only 30 bucks give it a shot um Okay, so that that was a great question. Great question, um, and I hope Absolutely. that you enjoyed all of all very much. So, thank you, uh, Kinetic from Connecticut, uh, for that fantastic uh, email. 
slash comment on the Twitter page. And I'm I'm trying to get together sort of a listener show for next next week is our our grand finale before the the end of the year award. So I'm trying to get some sort of feedback thing on our Instagram as well, and we can do something on the Twitter too. But we just take a lot of cool questions and things like that from the listener because we haven't done that in a while. And those are some of my favorite shows. And um, hopefully Shay and Fish do their homework and play Wolfenstein too, so we can talk about that. Um, and maybe Josh, if you don't want to play, you can always yeah. watch the YouTube clips. Maybe um, I'll eventually get around to beating the first one. And we'll, yeah, we'll do it's that. not necessary. You can, but uh, yeah. Shay's raising his hand on the idea. webcam. Yes, Shay. What's up? What if we ask the listeners to give us one category that we don't already have for our game of the year show? Oh, like for game of the year? Yeah. Oh, that, that's a cool idea, too. Yeah, we can do both. I like that. That's cool. Okay. Um, maybe they'll do something. You heard it yeah, here first at the Chomp Cast. Uh, um, but I think that's pretty much going to do it. I don't see anything vital here on the notes. It's been a pretty lengthy but jam packed show. Not a moment wasted or maybe several moments wasted now that i'm looking back on it but thank you for wasting those moments with us as a team as one family the sword chomp family the dysfunctional family that we are um we are very thankful for our listeners our growing community each and every week and uh it's gonna be fun kind of finishing up the year and moving into next year so thanks again for checking out the show we'll be back next week with an all-new chomp cast and until then Peace out.